Welcome to episode 114 of the Reptile Gumbo Podcast. Uh, tonight we are joined by Megan again. I'm not even gonna, I'm not even going to do your last name. I'll wait till later. I'll do it later. at some point. I will. One of these days, he's going to get it. I'm not going. One day. I'm, I refuse to at this point. At this One point. day. It's just not useful. Uh, Katie couldn't make it tonight, so Megan is filling in. Uh, our guest is 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 running a little late. We were a little late getting everything to them, but they will be here soon. But we can we can go ahead and get started. Uh, and welcome to anybody that is watching us currently live. Uh, oh, we'll do our sponsor real quick. If you're looking for it, since Katie's not here, I'm going to butcher this one. If you're looking for a high-quality PVC rack, look no further than Lone Star Reptile Racks. You can get your something with somethings. and You can get racks and cages. Call Robert sure. at com. You can find him on there. You can get racks and cages. You can get them picked up at a show. Uh, the next Herp show is Lafayette. Yes, June. So a month from now. A month from now in Lafayette. So uh, June fourth and fifth. Oh, I was say I had that pulled up. So I was gonna be ready for that one too. But yes, you can you can pick up there. Then well, I can go through that real quick. We got Lafayette June fourth and fifth. Conroe, that's the big one. June eleventh and twelfth. If you've never been to a Herp show, that's the one to come to. Yep. Uh, Longview June twenty fifth and twenty sixth. <clears throat> you won't be at Longview, or, or will you? Yeah, probably. Okay. Uh, Slide out. That's the other big one. If you are east of us. Come to Slidell. That is Ju- July 23rd and 24th. That's the summer. I can come to that one. Super excited. Uh, Oklahoma City, if you're way up north there. I say way up north as relative to Texas. If you're way up north relative to Texas, uh, July 30th and 31st is Oklahoma City. Corpus Christi is August 13th and 14th. Bryan College Station is August 20th and 21st. Then we're back in Austin, August 27th and 28th. And at that point, I'm also back teaching. So I don't. I don't think I look look forward to looking at these calendars anymore, because I get out in four weeks. I don't want to look at the two and a half months when I'm back teaching again. So come check us out at a Herb Reptile show. You can also check out the Herb Reptile shop. Uh, if you're in the where the fuck does JT live? Robert, JT lives where? San Antonio. No, not the JT. Other JT. I know there's too many JTs. John Grant, Oklahoma. Yeah, but where? Uh, well, the show, the store is in Sepulpa. Yeah, that place. Or- Sand Springs. That place. Uh, if you're up in that area, I know there are some racks currently there. So go check out Grant Family Exotics in Sand Springs, Oklahoma. It's outside also, of Tulsa. Yeah. It's right around Tulsa. It's I've seen it on a map. I know it's near Tulsa. But check out the Grants. Go by and check them out. See their... Uh, what are the, uh, <clears throat> why can't I not remember their mammals they have? It's at 25 West 41st Street in Sand Springs, Oklahoma. Yeah, and, and bumfuck Oklahoma. I mean, it's not as bumfuck as like where but he lives. What's crazy is I have Rachel has family members who live in Sand Springs, Oklahoma, and bumfuck Oklahoma. Although I think yeah. all of Oklahoma is bumfuck. I was Oklahoma. say that makes up the majority <laughs> of the state. There's Tulsa, <laughs> Oklahoma City, and then there's the rest of Oklahoma. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but go check out the Grants. They have some of the Lone Star <coughs> Reptile racks up there. You can get them if you're nearby. They wait on wait for a show. Uh, go see our friends over at Wiregrass Exotics in Ozark, Alabama. If you want to get some feeders and check out some awesome snakes and talk to some great people between Dallas and Amanda Rua over at Wiregrass Exotics. They actually have a venomous training class coming up soon. Mm-hmm. Well, that's awesome. With, um, through the Rattlesnake Conservancy. Yes, well, that's cool. Yeah. I'll have to double check the dates and I can post them. But yeah, so, uh, you're in the area. If you're on Facebook, check out Wiregrass Exotics on Facebook. Shoot them a message. Dallas and Amanda Rua. They would uh, love to have you come out there be a part of that. That would be really neat to do. 
Um, yeah, I got I got everybody. I even got JT in on this one, so I got everybody, all of our sponsors in. Feels weird we didn't have a show this weekend. So I can't I, be like, hey, what? I didn't know what to do with myself. I know it was awkward. It was weird. We did go on a cool herping trip, all three of us. We did. I felt like I was hit by a truck the next day. Oh, I, I'm still <laughs> fucking sore. I'm so. I woke up the next day and didn't realize that I was. That's like I'm. Yeah. I'm old now. I realize that now. When I was walking back to the truck, I was like, I'm gonna feel this tomorrow. <laughs> it was. My, about- my foot's finally better because I. This was after. Um, you missed this part. This was towards the second half of the herping trip. I tripped in a hole. She fell into you a hole. You told me about it. I, that I tripped in a hole and I bruised my foot. It's finally feeling better now. We went to Rio... Brazos Bend. I was, I'm, I'm, I'm confused because there's a Rio Bravo road in this neighborhood. And then I yes. live on Rio Brazos. And we went to Brazos Bend State Park. Yes. Yes. Uh, it's the first time going there. It's a big state park. Was that really your first time? That was my first time going there. Oh, I love Brazos I also Bend. haven't been to Crocodile Counter, so throw that out there's there again. like... I mean, there's well, shit. There's, I mean, we only saw like a fraction of it. There's oh, I know. So it took us trails. It took us forever to get from the front gate to the parking lot that we went to. That one's not even my favorite trail either. Next I want to go next time I go out there. I will take you guys to my favorite trail. I want to go fish. There's some oxbows out out there. You know, you know what an oxbow is? I don't know what that is. So, so <clears> there's <throat> a river that runs through there. Uh-huh. At some point, that river ran a different path, mm-hmm. but then over time, land is filled in. And that part of the river has become basically a small little pond or lake, and the river is now flowing somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So if you look on a map, you can always tell an oxbow because it's it looks like the bend in a river, but it's not connected okay. to a river. So there's two of them out there. The great thing about them is okay. they usually are uh, very slow moving water. If no moving water, they get pretty stagnant, which means they tend to fill up with bowfin, which are my favorite fish to catch. Okay. Which I saw one. At the state park, and then when Robert was on his way back, found out that people caught that one, or caught one, at that same dock where I had seen one. See, I wouldn't know that, because I think the last time I fished, I was 12? That's sad. (laughs) That is sad. You know what? I found out an amazing thing is that you don't have to have a fishing license to fish at a state park. Really? Yeah, so we can go there and go fishing, and I can take you fishing for the first time since you were 12. That is surprising. Yeah, I would have figured the state wanted to get their money no matter what. But no, huh. you can fish without a license at a state park. <clears throat> it's their way of not losing much by way of license revenue, but still getting people yeah. interested in fishing. So it's cool. We can go out there, and they have those great piers that you can fish from that we, we Every, walked by. Everyone has an alligator. Everyone has an alligator. you to reel a fish in. That is true. You have to reel in fast. So we went out there <laughs> with the group. It was the Southeast Louisiana. No, uh, wow, I'm in the wrong South, state. Southeast Southeast Texas. Texas. <laughs> Wow. I mean, you're close. It's, it's one state over. <laughs> Southeast Texas Snake ID Group. Mm-hmm. Right? That's who we went with. Uh, we saw some stuff. We didn't... I didn't get to catch a bunch of stuff because it got away from me. My first thing... The first snake I saw was a cottonmouth. Really pretty cottonmouth in the grass. And then we all tried to get it and none of us could get it. It was laughing at us. Uh, it, honestly, it was probably like on the other side at that point. Just laughing at us. As <laughs> there, there were four of us standing within it. three feet of each other of where the snake was and we could not <laughs> find it. But I mean, it was like... Two foot tall grass. If I would not have had yeah. my snake boots on, I would not but have wandered into the grass. The Although I turned back. So, I mean, it's so tangled through there. I, well, I got farther ahead and I turned back to look at the spot where I just lost the cottonmouth in the grass where I would not have gone if I didn't have snake boots. And who's standing there? Megan. Yes. And not, I was, and not I was snake looking, boots. I was looking for it. And not snake boots. Not snake boots, but knowing there boots. was a Knowing there was a venomous snake right it there. Was, there's plenty of, I was wearing plenty of protection. It would have been much easier had the snake chased us. I would have been more worried about stepping on it but i was fine i was wearing hiking boots 
So I saw that, and then we went up a little ways, and I saw a pair of a really pretty pair of broadband water snakes. They were sitting in a a, a hog wallow where a, wild hogs had gone through and tore up along the creek bank there. And then as soon as they saw us, they hopped right in the water and took off. That's been my entire experience with broadband water snakes. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> there, there's a couple that live. There's a, a creek that runs behind my neighborhood, and I'll go back there sometimes and walk and just see if I can find anything. And every once in a while, I will see this massive broadband water, biggest one I've ever seen. I mean, it's still relatively small, but he lives back there. And every time I see him, he sees me first and ducks beneath the water. And They're fast. Yeah. We, I've only ever caught them when we went road cruising in the middle of the road. And then we had that one baby that could like, like levitate as yeah. it tried to strike us. It would come all the way off the ground. It but was an angry little little broad. It was, <laughs> like it would strike and it would I'm, the whole body would just fly off the ground. Yeah. He was only like he was pretty that though. Sounds about right. I had a I picked up a plain bellied water snake once that I mean he got some serious air flailing around in this woman's garage. Like probably was yeah talking to the microphone. I thought I was talking into the microphone. In, into the Sorry mic- guys, I'm getting better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting better. But he was just like flailing all over the place, and it was like a literal fish out of water. Makes for good entertainment. I found broadbands come in two colors. They come in really pretty and shit. Those are the only two colors they come in. There's <laughs> fact. There's no in between on those guys. I feel like that's water snakes in general. No, honestly. some of them just come in shit. Yeah. Well, and then um, we went again Sunday night with a well, friend of ours. I was going. Well, I was going to say some other things that we found. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, I didn't find it, but I'm counting it as a life. Or there was a, a rough green snake up in a tree. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how the girl saw it because the tree was green. It was green, but she short enough. She turned over and there it was in the tree. She grabbed it. Uh, we saw a little decay snake. We saw about seventy million alligators and some mm-hmm. big ones too. We got stalked by a raccoon. That is true. So we looked ahead. We were walking on the path, and there was a raccoon, and I walked off to the side. And we kept walking, and then we looked over to the side, and it keeps following us along the water's edge. And then we got, we saw the beginnings of what was going to be a great thing, and it did not happen, and I would have loved every minute of it. Uh, we saw this big-ass alligator. You could just tell from the eye shine how far apart the eyes were. He it, was big. It was big. Um, Gina's commenting. There is Gina. She is, she is commenting. Now we just got to have her, her join video-wise. Oh, shit. Oh, Lainey oh, has seizures. Shit. Lainey has seizures. Oh. <clears throat> yeah, it's a it's a normal thing. Yeah. It, they they suck, but it's yeah, it's normal. Uh are you friends with Gina on Facebook? Mm-hmm. Can you send her the link? Yeah. So we uh as the raccoon was following us along the water's edge, we got ahead of it and we saw this big alligator, probably 15 feet off the water's edge. And as soon as the raccoon passed in front of it, that alligator began to swim straight towards it as if it was going to grab it. And unfortunately, the raccoon was faster and it moved a little faster. But I was about to see National Geographic happen right in front of me and I was going to be so excited. It did not happen. Uh, we saw a bunch of bullfrogs, green tree frogs, and leopard frogs. Some really pretty leopard frogs out there. Um, and I think that was it. Yeah. I was surprised. It was, it was a very, I'm going to have to go out there again. It's a very great place. You can see why there would be a lot of snakes out there. Yes. I think we just hit it at the wrong time. If we'd gotten maybe a little bit of rain. We haven't had a pretty good rain in a while. Uh, if we'd got a little bit of rain, I think that would have helped. And then you're right. Sunday night, we went out. Herping. Well, while we were out there Saturday, my yeah. friend is constantly sending me pictures where he's at an hour away of um, Caligaster, of um, Great Plains. No, um, Prairie Kings. Oh, Prairie Kings. That's right. Prairie Kings. And where was he at? <clears throat> west of here. 
I didn't know if he was like a specific park or no, no. Damn. He, he was west of here. Um, we'll leave it at that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he was sending me pictures of those. He found a couple cotton mouths. A couple cotton mouths. The ring neck. He found the that ring neck. Found snake. a Mississippi ring neck while he was out there. That was a pretty little snake. So we went with him Sunday night. And we were the bad juju. And we found two cotton mouse and two rat snakes. I don't know. I might have been the bad juju because I feel like I'm probably the worst, like, herper in the world. And I don't know if it's just because I'm not good at it or if it's just because I have bad juju. <coughs> James said you walk too fast. You do walk too fast. I was walking so Your friend even said you walk too fast. Your friend said you're walking too fast. Okay. We, Danny's mm. short. We don't care about her opinion. By the way, uh, I sexed all those Slowinskis. Mm. I have three males and one female left. <laughs> So I think their problem, your problem is you're too used to people calling you and telling you there's a snake on the sidewalk, and that's where it is when you get there. And no, we were in a place where the walking, snakes were going to be on the sides. I was walking so slow. You were slow. like Oprah. You remember, remember walking, Oprah did that speed walking? That was you. I was walking painfully slow. If I walked any slower. You may have seen snakes. I, <laughs> I saw lots of frogs. Because they move quickly, but the snakes would have been on, on the sides. Okay. I was walking so fucking slow. <laughs> It was painful, literally, because my feet hurt. Yeah, I was, I was, I'm still in pain. All right, uh, well, let's go ahead and bring in our guest. I'll click on here. Uh, Megan, you want to go ahead and introduce our guest? Yeah. So we've got Gina from Gina's Heart of Gold Reptile Rescue here in Houston. Hey, Gina. Hi. How's it going? Good. Hi. How are you? Uh. This is my first podcast ever, so I have no idea what I'm doing. So is it really? <laughs> Neither do we. This yes. is our 114th, and we don't. So yeah. Oh my gosh, Yay! I'm gonna have to get Dominique to interview you for her podcast. Definitely. Yeah, okay. that'll be a good one. <laughs> my you, you, my friend Dominique, she's um she okay. runs the female herpers group on Facebook. I don't know if you're actually in that one or not, but oh, I have no idea. I'll, I'll get in. I'll get you guys connected because okay, you would be, you'd be great for her podcast. So, Gina. Yes. What do you do? Um, I'm actually a high school teacher. I've taught biology, <laughs> environmental science, and aquatic science, but my main thing that I love to do is reptile rescue. I'm a high school biology teacher. I'm sorry. Awesome. <laughs> just, just in Which case. means you're dealing with state testing right now. Yeah, of course. It's so much fun. Yeah, I give mine tomorrow. I'm <laughs> ready to get it over Ours with. Was, our biology was uh, yesterday. I, I, no, it was today. Today. I had to give an Algebra 1 state test today. Talk about boring. One, Ooh. I hate math. Two, it was all on the computer. Bored out of my mind for four hours. And then tomorrow, yeah. I have to... I Fortunately, tomorrow, I get to read the state test, the biology test to kids. It's a read aloud for mine, which is weird. I come from Louisiana where uh, we're not allowed to give our own test because you will cheat if you can give your own test. Not that I will I cheat, but it is definitely a possibility. And so tomorrow, I get to at least know all the questions. I, yeah, I think wasn't it Houston ISD that was like busted in a massive cheating yes. scandal a few years ago? I'm sure it's <laughs> if you're giving your own test, it's super easy to cheat. Yeah, we don't we don't give our own kids our tests. It's all alphabetical. The kids are grouped, and then you get stuck in a testing room. Uh, nope, I'm. I will be. Reading I might the, not even know the kids. I only know one of the kids in the room, but I will be reading the bio. I'm a biology teacher reading the biology test to kids. I'm like, man, if I wanted to cheat. Could totally do it. At least you know how to <laughs> pronounce all the words. That is true. That is true. I actually had to read a thing telling me what I'm not allowed to tell them, like on graphs and charts. I'm like, you're not allowed to say this. I was like, okay, good. And at least I know now what I'm not allowed to say. But anyways, away from the teaching because 
I'm it's almost summer. I'm done thinking about teaching. So, <laughs> so you're, how long have you ran a rescue? Oh gosh, over twenty years. Oh, that's a long time of a lot of sick reptiles, I'm sure. Well, I used to do a lot of mammals, and I did a lot of wildlife. I've done possums, raccoons, Ugh. mice, squirrels, rabbits, bats, armadillos. Um, God, just about anything. Took a, took care of one baby squirrel. So when I worked at the zoo, they would not let me. Everyone kept taking home mammals to take care of. Like the people would bring in stuff, and you get to take home babies. If we had babies and like raise them, and I was finally like, "Why don't I get to take anything home?" Like, well, you're the reptile keeper. We figured you didn't want any of the fuzzy stuff. It's like I want fuzzy stuff. <laughs> so they gave me a baby possum. Oh. Fucking love that thing. It was adorable. It ate bananas. We named it banana. It was great. I'm so jealous. But what they didn't tell me was, yeah, most of them die. Yeah. I was like, you could have given me that heads up before I got attached to this thing, and it died two weeks after <laughs> I had it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, we lose most of them. <clears throat> Can you not give me the shit that's going to die? The first baby time. What, was it a baby? I really haven't lost much. I've lo- I'd lost that when I was. Was it a baby? Oh, it was a baby baby. Babies are hard. Because you have to like, they, take they, a they wet wop, like, washcloth and rub. It's yeah, it's it's an awkward, oh, yes. awkward thing to have to do over and over. Yeah. So uh, but. I, I want to get my rehab license eventually, but I will not be doing mammals or baby mammals. I can't do it. I get too attached. Yeah, I got attached to this you one. You learn really quickly when you've got 16 squirrels and you're feeding them. And when you're still potting them, you have a lot of interaction with them. But as soon as they're potting themselves, you're completely hands off. Yeah, for anybody that doesn't understand, what you have to do is you have to take, I mean, I guess you could technically lick them, but that would be very Mama awkward. Mama would lick them. Uh, please don't, don't, <laughs> lick, don't lick wild mammals. <laughs> uh, but you have to take a, wa- a wet washcloth and rub them in certain areas mm-hmm. to trigger them. To go to the bathroom. Yeah. I've done, like, I'm <clears> taking <throat> care of bottle-fed, bottle baby, like, kittens before. You have to do the same thing, like, help them did after. You, did after you lick the kittens? Yeah. I did not the lick kittens the kittens, no. are messy, really messy squirrels. Oh, my God, they are. They're terrible. tickle the squirrel with the end of a Kleenex, and everything's nice and clean, and even when they poo, everything's, you know, it's pretty easy. But kittens, they're a disaster. Oh, they are. They're like they're into everything, and they drag everything around. Well, that falls right into my uh, what I've always said is cats suck, and no one should have them. Okay, well, <laughs> oh. I, I love them, but <laughs> they they do suck. But I love them, but they suck. Yeah, I've so. had six babies at one time that I took to school, the high school, and and the kids would just meet me there before school, and each the kids would fight over who got to feed them. And then they'd be there at lunchtime. They'd be there after school. And then I just had to do the two night feeding. So Got it. it was so, wonderful. So child labor laws were broken. Got it. It's yeah, not child yeah, labor. When it's, it's education. It's child work. love laws. It's, it's child love. It's not child labor when it's at a school and we call it education. Exactly. Right. right. Okay. Got it. Now that I know. Well, that I mean, when you get your thing done, you're probably going to have kids helping you. That is there. that is true. I am having. A, I'm going to build a small reptile zoo at our school next year, and I'm going to have kids take care of it so that. I don't have to take care of it. Have further conversations with the school happened about this yet? Mm-hmm. Yes. I just got to write up some uh, procedures and protocol stuff to show them, okay. look, this is the procedures and protocols. But yeah, they've, they've, they're all on board. Sweet. That's awesome. It's a lot of fun. So. But I always had snakes that escaped all the time because the kids didn't shut the cages. I'm going to get cages built by a professional cage maker, Robert, there you go. Robert over here. And, uh, and I'll have locks on everything. I've got, I'll have locks on cages, and they go inside of a locked room, inside of my locked room. So you definitely can't get to them unless you are. Oh, it's allowed. attached to your room. Yeah, it's, it looks like a, it looks like a closet behind my desk. 
But when you open it, it opens up in the windows that face the hallway. Nice. That's cool. That's exciting. And it's got a big like tub sink in there. And I'll be able to put like a small fridge or small freezer to keep like frozen rodents and greens and stuff in there. So nice. Yeah. So looking forward to that. Winky ass. It's going to be awesome. So yeah, that's pretty cool. As long as they don't fire me, we're good. Um, we'll cross my fingers that they don't fire you. They won't fire me because I'm going to have awesome test scores. My te- I told one of my kids, I said, I need you to score high on the test. I said, not for the fact that you need to pass it, but I need to be able to face every other teacher in the district and go, nanny, nanny, boo-boo, I'm better than you. That's all I need. <laughs> That's why I need t- high test scores. It's not so I don't care about the kids. I care about me. I'm the important thing. Yeah, for sure. Uh, oh, our one person says, are you not worried about the kids messing with your animals? Uh, I won't be. They'll be locked up. And if they're in there with them, I'll be in there with them. Or another adult. I do plan on training probably two other teachers to be able to take care of it on the odd <laughs> occasion I'm not there. But uh, I'm always, I haven't had snakes in my room in a while. But when I did, they were always locked. Everything was always locked. Yeah, mine was years, years ago. And we didn't have locked cages. But I'll tell you, the kids just loved it. Yeah. It's so cute to see these gangster wannabe kids coming in at lunchtime, <laughs> putting a snake around their neck while they eat lunch. And I would never dare tell them that it was so cute that they did that. You know, they wanted to look macho, but it was cute. I always love when I bring in like corn snakes and the tough kids always want to run for the door when I take them out of the tub or they, they always talk about how big it is. I'm like, it's a three foot corn snake. Shut up. Yeah. I, we had one class pet when I was in high school. The pet rock. My third, no, it was my, no, it was my second high school. I went to several high schools. So it was my second high school. You were kicked out of several high schools? No, I was an army brat. I was forced to move three times during high school. Air Force. See, Air Force. There you go. See, look at my parents. Birds of a feather. My parents oh, got, got out of the Air Force right before I was born. And oh, so see. we were stayed at one base. They were doing a contract. My dad went in after my brother was born, and then we didn't stop moving until he retired. <laughs> I, uh, I went to the same school from kindergarten to graduation. I have no idea what that's like. All 13 years. Like, going right. to a new school is so foreign to me. Like, I when went, I went to college, I'm like, who are these people? I went to 13 different schools. Wow. That sounds yeah. like what I did. <laughs> Talking from, from, like, elementary from, 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 like, kindergarten to but my the, senior year of high school. I went but that's to not 13 thir- different school districts, just 13 different schools. 13 different schools in, like, seven different states. It's a lot. It's a lot. But in uh, one of my my second high school, we had a we had a class snake in one of my science classes. It was a ball python. Before I knew anything about reptiles, and I thought I was just so damn cool because I was the only kid in the class who wasn't freaked out by this animal. So it was a pet rock. I was right. And, okay. Well, you weren't wrong. Shut up, James. <laughs> And so I would take him out during class and like everyone else would be all freaked out. And I'm over here like hanging out with the snake. And now I'm just like, it was a ball python, but he so was boring. super cute. I just super did the math. Cute. I've gone to eight different schools and still Robert's only gone to one. One. I've gone to eight different schools in. Well, it was one, two, five different, you know, buildings, but it was a single <laughs> school does, district. That doesn't count. Minus two different states, two different countries. They were all on the same road. Only one country. Um, we got taken off of overseas orders after 9-11 happened. But, uh, yeah. yeah I was already a grown-ass adult when 9-11 happened. Okay. Well, <laughs> listen, old man. I was 21 when 9-11 <laughs> happened. I was not 21 when 9-11 happened. Yeah. Anyway. <clears throat> um, yeah. 13 schools, 7 states. Well over, like, I'm close to, like, 
30 at this point in terms of homes and apartments that I've lived in. So my husband, if he wants me to go anywhere at this point, he will have to drag me kicking and screaming. So I've lived a lot of places like (coughs) from the time I graduated until probably here. I've never lived anywhere in a house for more than like maybe a year. Yeah. I've been in this house five years now. So you sort of understand Mm -hmm. what it's like then because I'm programmed like, I told my husband I was programmed like every year we were going to have to move to a new apartment until we you bought a house. You need some reprogramming. And that's exactly what we did. Now we're in a house, so we haven't got anywhere in three years. <laughs> I used to. Yeah, that's um, a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Good. yeah. I used to, I was real restless when I was young. Just didn't want to, didn't want to put down, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And uh, I just know I didn't want get, to get married or have kids. How'd that go? <laughs> well, seems, I've been married twice. Seems like it worked out. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, so back to the reptile rescue. Uh, so you also okay. First off, just in case, like she tries to kind of like be a little modest here. Gina's a freaking badass. Mm-hmm. Like seriously, she's so hardcore and freaking awesome. So I'm just gonna throw that out there. Um, but you also do. I don't know if you're actively doing any work with them, but you have done work with um, Texas Wildlife Rehabilitation Coalition. I am their only reptile rehabber. Okay. I used to work in their vet room twice a week. I was in charge. I was the vet person in charge of the room twice a week. And so I made all the decisions. I dispensed all the medicines. I did all the injections, the wound cleaning. I was in charge two nights a week for a couple of years ago. But then I got so many reptiles that it was just taking too much of my time. But yeah, I do all their reptiles. I used to be in charge of their education program. And then they got in, that was, you know, a bunch of years ago. I also work with the SPCA, BARC, um, CAPS, a Humane Society and taking in animals. Um, some of the pet stores I take in, their animals that either get dumped there or get, um, you know, they have them that were purchased and there's something wrong with them. And so they'll give me their geckos or I just took in a chameleon with a broken leg that the person who bought it, brought it back. I'm sure they broke its leg trying to pry it off a branch. Yeah. So we just got that in as well. How many, how many have you gotten this year? Cause I know you had a, you got quite a few, well, I'll say you got quite a few bearded dragons. That's kind of a given in reptile rescue because they're like one of the top, reptiles that wind up getting dumped but how many have you taken in this year so far oh i couldn't even tell you that i'll tell you with covid though i probably got in 60 animals at the beginning of covid Mm -hmm. and i do have other fosters of people that that will take things i had a person that took all the crusteds i have one person that takes all the um chameleons you know so there are certain people that'll take things so that i don't get overwhelmed And then soon as our stimulus check came in, people took a lot, bought a lot, or adopted a lot of reptiles. And then the second stimulus check, there was another influx of people wanting to adopt. But then when those got cut off and the rent um, forgiveness Mm -hmm. stopped, then a bunch of them came back in. And then lately it's just been steady. I've probably got five bearded dragons in in the last five days. And I have three more people that want to bring them in. So I'm assuming bearded dragons are probably your number one. Surrender. I had 19 there for a bit. And that didn't even include 
the eight babies I had. <laughs> and I don't breed. I, I don't I don't breed. I, I might cohab females that are the same size that are both healthy um, in a big tank, but all the males are separated. Males and females don't go together. It's just, it's just I don't want babies. <laughs> I mean, are you kidding? I can barely handle all the adults and everything. Can you imagine when I got the, the group of eight babies from somebody, they couldn't take care of them and they were attacking each other and... Is that, I'm down to just one of them left, and oh, they all got good homes. Is so that really part excited. of the is that part of the clutch that Danny adopted the, with the missing foot? Was that the same? Group? No, that was an earlier. <clears throat> okay, that was three. Okay, three dragons. He yeah, that one so came good. in. That one came in with a dried up crust of a foot, Ugh. and I know from experience that it was dried up. It was just going to fall off, but yeah. it just took mm-hmm. a while. So and I think had a lot of pep. So he he has um, some personality. That's the way I'll put it. <laughs> he looks really good, though. He he really does. Um, He's gotten so big. Lainey's husband messaged me and said she definitely won't be on this evening. Okay. <laughs> she sent me a couple messages that were didn't really make sense, and I kind of knew why. Probably so the he messaged start of me. It, was yeah. like, hey, just ignore those. She'll. Yeah. But she, she, he said she's super upset because she was looking forward to this so much. So for anybody like, listening, do you want to explain who Lainey is? So. <clears throat> Oh, yeah. So, uh, Elaniana Grossenheider, uh, if any of y'all follow, like, the Houston groups, you'll know she's one of the admins it, for... If um, you're into reptiles in Houston, you know who Lainey yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. You you know <clears throat> who Lainey is if, if you're into reptiles in Houston. She runs the Houston Reptiles Group. She helps volunteer with um, Gina's Rescue. And from what Lainey's told me, you're basically, like, a, a mother to her. Um, so yeah, she's super, super active in the reptile community. Um, <coughs> she breeds geckos also, um, on occasion. She sometimes works on some gecko projects, uh, leeches and crusteds. Okay. That way y'all can say her name. I was like, we should probably tell folks who she yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> Lainey's a badass too. I've watched Lainey wrestle big ass retics. Like Lainey is awesome. No fear. I, no fear. No, no. Ab- absolutely not. Of animals, of people, absolutely nothing. You remember about maybe a year and a half ago, Gina, all those retics that came in. Yes, I did. And do. they were not happy retics. And Lainey's just like, get out. That like, was freaking striking her. And she's like, just. Calm down. <laughs> that was about the time that she and I actually met for the first time. Um, I had messaged, I had actually messaged um, Gina's page because somebody had commented somewhere saying that you guys had a carpet python. And I was interested in said carpet python. So I messaged the page just to see like what snakes you guys had. And uh, it, sorry. And it turned out, I'm, I'm like practically Italian. I talk with my hands. You can talk with them. Just don't, just don't hit the table. It just sounds like a, a heartbeater the whole time. Um, and so I messaged and Lainey responded. And it turned out uh, she had a gorgeous normal bull snake. And um, Is that how you ended up with your bull snake? That's how I ended up with my bull snake. And we You're hit it You're the one right that away. ended up with that bull snake. I'm the one that so ended up with that bull I snake. I was supposed to get that bull snake. She had <laughs> Fuck you, Megan. No, 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 no. She <laughs> held it for me for like two months and I Did never could really? get over there. And finally she messaged me. She's like, hey, I have someone else that wants this bull snake. I'm like, let him have it. That was me. That's awesome. Yep. And, All right. And now it's a few miles that way. Yeah. yeah. And I had actually started asking questions because um, Danny wanted a bull snake. And so when I found out she had a bull snake, I was like, oh, well, let me ask some questions. And he said, no, and, I'm going to keep this bull snake myself. <laughs> well, then Lainey sent me the pictures and I was like, oh, shit. I was like, hey, Got Danny, it. love so you, you, but So sorry. you stole it from Robert. And then you stole it from your friend. I did, yes. Got it. You're a whole I, person. As long I as you all know that. I have no regrets. Dexter is amazing. No I love regrets. him. 
No regrets. I love him. One letter. So, uh, Gina, you've been doing this this for about 20 years. Have you been doing reptiles the whole time? I've been doing reptiles the whole time, but I did a lot of mammals for probably the first 10 years. Well, I wonder if, because we all know now that bearded dragons are are one of the most surrendered ones and rescued, but were you still, were you doing reptiles when it was iguanas? Oh, God, I had 26 non-baby iguanas at one time. Fuck that. Holy cow. My entire backyard was just wire cages everywhere. And just pissed off iguanas. And you, you well, had someone. My first arms met. are completely scarred up. It looks like cat bites or I don't know razor blade scratches. But <laughs> no, it's iguana claws. And I used to have no fear on those guys. Um, yeah, I've taken in iguanas that bit the owner sixty stitches in the arm. Oh. Worked with them, and that became one of my best education iguanas ever. Um, but I don't think I quite have the same. I don't guts working with a pissy iguana now. <laughs> I will. I mean that uh, juvenile. Well, she's sort of a juvenile iguana. We don't know exactly how old she was. She is, but that one that I was fostering. Um, it, I I'm fine with one of of that size. She was probably like two and a half feet from nose to tail. But you couldn't pay me enough to work with an adult iguana. That's not no, happening. Seventy five percent of iguanas suck. Yeah, no, that's, that's not happening. Because I always said one in four, one in four iguanas <laughs> are green nice. iguanas. Green iguanas. Yeah, yeah, green, iguanas. Gr- green iguanas specifically. Because like, yeah. I've been around a lot, several pectinatas, and they've always been Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Cool. Like, the, all the other ones tend to be pretty good. It's yeah. green iguanas. Yeah. Uh, I have two of the best rhinoceros iguana females. Adults. They're just the sweetest things. Really? They're gorgeous. I open up the cage to give them food, and instead of me putting, I put the big plate of lettuce and veggies and fruits down in front of them. And they won't even go to the food bowl. They'll arch their back and put their head down. They <laughs> want me to pet them first. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, green iguanas don't do that. Green, no. Iguanas, no. green iguanas, you walk to the cage and they just start freaking the fuck out and running all over the place. Yes. With or Ro- with Roxy, they puff up. Yeah, with Roxy, you could not make eye contact. If you made eye contact, all hell was about to break loose. So I learned that lesson like the very first day that I had her. I went up to say hi and that ended badly so i didn't have any problems any of the iguanas i got in i got them calmed down so it's just i don't know if i'm part iguana or i can read their body language (laughs) she she was fine when i got her out um and and in in the in the tub whenever we did our our little swims she was completely fine but i had to take her out to feed her because she would lose her freaking mind and i'm like i'm literally just trying to keep you alive so working as a a rescue it's it's kind of the same as as when you like go to a pound, if you go to a pound, you can always tell what dog is the most common dog in the in right now. Because I remember growing up, mm-hmm. at one point it was chows. There were so many different chow mixes you'd see in a pound, and then at one point it was labs. Everything was black lab, and now everything is pit mix. Everything, so you can always get a mm-hmm. flow for what's going on. So I assume working at a rescue, you always have an idea of what's happening in the hobby. What animals are the most popular in the hobby? Because that's what you probably have the most of at any time, and you've Bearded seen that dragons, change. Leopard geckos and ball pythons are the ones I have the most of right now. That's such a shame. Mm-hmm. I'm 19 leopard geckos. God, ten it, male, ten males, <laughs> and it's probably as far as the ball pythons is it pretty much just normals that you're getting. I have a couple of um, ones that aren't normal, like I have fancy a, ball pythons. Yeah, I get them in on occasion. <laughs> so right now I have a uh, kingpin female. I have a really pretty pastel female, and then I have an albino young albino male. Yeah. So those are the only ones. 
But the albino male was actually a trade for an adult female ball python. I mean, a, a bearded dragon. The lady who got this ball, ball python and was terrified of it. She said it struck at her. It's just a baby. It, it fits in the palm of your hand. And so I was at a show and she, I said, okay, I'll trade you. I don't care. And she loved the bearded dragon. She brings the 20 gallon tank it was in. There's still a dead mouse in there. She didn't want to put her hand in there. So I reach in, pick up the snake, you know, it was like, okay, well, the snake is, there's nothing wrong with the snake. It's fine. It eats. It's, you know, it's, it's just more afraid. That's what happens. It's the, it's the first time snake owners who have no idea what to expect. And so the normal things that happen freak them out. Yep. Because they're so used to dogs and cats. I'm like, these aren't mm. dogs and cats. These aren't, yep. these have not been in around humans for the last 200,000 years. Like, so calm down. And even if you do get bit by a ball python, it's soap water and a Band-Aid. A cat can put you in the hospital for six weeks on antibiotics. Yep. Yeah. Even your own cat bite. But a ball python, soap and water and a Band-Aid. I've been bitten by dogs, cats, rodents, rabbits, and snakes, and I will take a snake bite any day any over day. any oh, of yes. the others. One, like, I agree totally. Just do it. Go ahead. Bite me every day. I mean, our our friend the other night when we went herping, he caught – we were, we found the last rat snake like five minutes from his house. Yes. 40 minutes from where we were herping. Like on a main road. Like on a main road. Like I had to turn around mm-hmm. in the middle of a highway because it was coming – he saw it as it was on the – um shoulder coming towards the road he's like it's gonna get run over and he thought it was a, a great plains or a, a prairie king mm-hmm. so we turned around and it was in the road by then but he managed to jump out and grab it and i bet that thing bit him 20 freaking times on the way home <laughs> hilarious because <laughs> he, he he's like we're close enough to my house i'm just gonna hold it till we get there and it was you know probably a foot and a half two foot long and it's just tagging in bam 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 i'd just- rather be bit than <laughs> Sent it on. Yes. It never, it never, it never did mu- that. Because oh, wow. I'm like, if that thing musks in my wife's truck, she's going to kill all of us. <laughs> it, did, it never did that. Um, oh, speaking of rat snakes, um, how's our how's our abscess friend? Well, he didn't make it. He passed no. away oh, yesterday. No. Not because of the abscess. But um, probably I, because I, of the weight. He, he was just, he couldn't even drink water very well. Yeah. I was too... I was giving him carnivore care, very, very diluted because he was so skinny. <clears throat> the wound healed up beautifully on the side. I have great pictures of yeah. how it healed. It was really good. But he just, he was so skinny. I mean, when I got him, he wouldn't even try to get away. He didn't try he to He was so lethargic. Yes. You could flip yeah. him upside down mm-hmm. and he wouldn't even turn over. So for those that haven't seen it, uh... Megan had a call. She so went out and found got a rat snake. What two two or three weeks ago? Probably two now? weeks. Probably three weeks ago. Easter. Like I, I got it just before Easter. Yeah, yeah. it uh, it had a huge mm-hmm. abscess in its in its mouth. Yeah, it like looked, the people who originally posted it, it was in Southeast jaw. Texas. They, got to eat. Yeah, mm-hmm. they thought it had an egg stuck, a it, fake that, egg stuck. Yeah, yeah, that's how big it was. It was a jaw, the side of the jaw. Mm-hmm. So there's no telling the last time it ate because of yeah. the pain. I mean, it, it was it, huge. It it was emaciated. And there's, yeah, there's no telling how much last time it drank it. There's no telling last time it did anything mm-hmm. that a normal snake would have done. Yeah. So. And I mean, yeah, that that growth was massive. And I mean, he was, I mean, at that point, he was supposed to be a full-grown snake. Yeah. You know. And it got, you, you took it and it got, it got lanced and clean and everything taken care of. But the problem yeah. is. Antibiotics, painkillers, even getting the tube in. There's, I had mm-hmm. to go with a smaller tube and even grease the tube up because I couldn't get a bigger tube down his throat. Man, yeah, so it was really bad, and unfortunately, you know, that's the downside of of rescue and rehab is that sometimes the damage is already done, and there's not anything that you can do 
you know, to turn it around. Hey, at least you guys gave well, him a fighting he, chance. Yeah, and he had a safe place to die. Yeah, yeah. He exactly. A safe mm-hmm. place to die, and it wasn't in pain because it was on painkillers. Um, the problem when, especially when they get that thin, is that their organs mm-hmm. start to shut down. So sometimes you can bring them back even a little, but then they die like a month or two into it when the kidneys finally just completely give mm-hmm. out. Well, especially for a colubrid who's already. It's a. Uh, it already digests. It's already going through. My brain is not working. It's um. What am I trying to think of? Versus boas. Don't know. What what is it? Like the way their digestive works, or you know, when fat people try to say they have a slow uh, metabolism. metabolism. There we go. Metabolism. Oh, yeah. Metabolism. It, metabolism. Their uh, metabolism is is much faster than that of someone who's a ball python or a boa. And so you're talking about it warmed up outside. It's been running at maximum. Uh, uh, God, I'm, I'm. This is like my brain is shut down. It, its body is running the way it's. Whoa! But I did not Sorry. fall. <laughs> Gina's okay. Yes, I'm fine. Well, I, they're, they're already a. Oh, yeah. I was gonna say they're already a slender snake as it is. Yeah. So it's not like there's much to lose, especially for a wild snake. Well, and it's coming out. We it's really coming at the end of winter, so there's no idea how long mm-hmm. this happened. So we don't know actually the last time it really, really ate because yeah. it may have gone months and months before because it just finally really warmed up to mm-hmm. start looking for food. So. And a lot of people don't realize that when they're that skinny, you have to start them out on a very, very dilute, tiny mm-hmm. amount of food. Yeah. So it's like when you have surgery, they start you on jello and and broth to get your system start going again. Yep. The worst mm-hmm. thing people can do with a really emaciated animal is to give it a big meal. That'll yeah. kill it right there. A lot of people see that, mm-hmm. that thin animal. They go, "Oh, we gotta get a lot of food into it." And so that's what they do. They yeah. want to feed it something big. And snakes, we've all seen it. They're not the brightest, and uh, if you offer it food, they'll take it. Mm-hmm. So whether it is something three times what it can swallow or whether it's something really small, they're going to try and eat it. And so a lot of people go, well, it ate it, so it should be fine. Well, no, but it, it's going to take the meal no matter what. That's They're programmed to do that. Mm-hmm. So you got to be careful with, with the skinny animals. Yeah. I mean, because I've seen a, a rat snake try to eat a full-grown chicken. <clears throat> Yep. Not going to eat a full-grown a, chicken. A for effort, though. I mean, <laughs> they're determined – I'll give him that. I saw a picture the other day. It was really sad. It was, it was a dead rat snake uh, with a lump. And when they opened it up, it was a mm-hmm. uh, uh, ceramic egg. Yeah. Uh, I just had one of those. I had posted the video. Oh, really? Somebody called me. This, this, They found the chicken in the coop. It had swallowed three ceramic eggs. It was about well, maybe halfway down the body. And the person couldn't that, that picked it up couldn't get him out. They brought him to me. And we're sitting outside with a flashlight in the back of his or his uh, pickup. And I managed to get all three eggs out. And that little guy was so excited to eat later. And then it, <laughs> you know, I still have those eggs. I still have the eggs. Oh, my and, God. And I can't, fall over them. Those post up every now and then. And people get upset with people that own chickens. And I can't get upset with someone that owns a chicken for doing that. There's a reason for doing that. I've mm-hmm. seen it with chickens. I mean, they're stupid. They, they'll crack eggs all the damn time because... They're also a dumb animal as well. Um, but it also tells the chicken where to lay the eggs. Yeah, it also helps them. If they egg there, it prompts them to lay more eggs there. Yeah. And so there's a reason for that. It's just it's, a, it's an unfortunate thing that happens with snakes. I mean, it happens. And hopefully the snake can get found like this and get taken care of more often than not. And that would be great. Because, um, again, they're, 
They're not always the smartest. They'll... They're not. Biggest thing that I recommend for people that have to use the ceramic eggs is like to glue it down or, or screw yeah. it down or something. That way, you know, the chickens can still see it. But yep. if that snake is trying to eat it, it's it's not going to get anywhere and That's eventually give up. Yeah, I think about that. That's a good idea. Uh, anyways, I want to get to our question that, that we asked. So uh, we knew we were having you on and we asked a question. said, what are your criteria for a good reptile rescue organization? And I had a feeling that uh, the answer would be all over the place. And so we'll go through several of the answers and then we'll discuss what they brought up. Because I know they're going to bring up some things that uh, I'm sure you have feelings about. Uh, and so we'll go that way. Uh, our first one, this person, Melissa, says she just started one. She has a quarantine area, a release form for surrender, an evaluation form, and the animal gets taken to the vet, which I think is probably one of the things that doesn't happen by a lot of the uh, quote-unquote rescues. Uh, actual rescues, yes, but a vet is not there for the ones that – well, we'll talk about those later. Says, I also have lots of supplies. We took in our first animal last week, and he was in bad shape, but went to the vet and now is recovering. Also screening adoptees so animals go to good homes. So that's their idea of a good rescue. Uh, Megan, do you, Megan, do you want to read yours? Uh, yeah. So, uh, transparency is, is a big one. You know, don't, don't lie to a potential adopter just so that you can find them a good home. Um, that's not only detrimental to, I promise you this 12 foot retic is a great animal for your little kid. (laughs) I mean, that's not only detrimental to the animal, but also to the adopters and to your reputation as the rescue also. Um, and then also the ability to set boundaries. It's, I think anybody who's been in rescue, whether it's reptiles or any other animals, knows how hard it is to say no when an animal needs your help. Um, But, you know, just because someone has a bleeding heart doesn't necessarily mean that you're doing what's best for that animal. Um, So a rescue that knows their limits and has the ability to say no tells me that they're responsible and trying to do what's best for the animals already in their care. You see it a lot from people who, you know, like... James mentioned the rescues um, who, you know, their bleeding heart called them to take in this animal and they don't have any of the resources or anything to take care of them. And they just wind up collecting all of these animals and they can't care for them. And Um, then those animals need a rescue. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, Robert Morsey said, honestly, honestly, and I think he means honesty, honesty and knowledge are the big ones for me. I don't have much experience with them, but my local one has misidentified species, and when told, they denied they misidentified them. Um, yep, I can see that. that. I can definitely see that. Happens with dogs too. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can see that. Also, uh, have you ever seen the you know the dog DNA test where you can send them off and get them back? Mm-hmm. Those things are BS. Yeah, most of the time they're not really that accurate, which is why I haven't done one because I wanted to, but then I found out that they're really not that accurate. I forget what it was. I had a coworker when I worked at PetSmart. He sent one off, and uh, it came back. And it was like some rare ass European breed. I'm like, mm-hmm. that's a fucking mutt. You have a mutt. There's no way that that's what's in there. Yeah. <laughs> and since all dogs are technically related because they're all the same species, I have a hard time believing that. Anyways, back to reptiles. I digress. Uh, Daniel said, honesty about the animals they're adopting out. I've worked in dog rescue for a while and many organizations try to sugarcoat behavioral or health issues, which is what you talked about. Um, I don't like that in any rescue organization. And they said they make sure the potential adopter is also able to care for the animal properly. That was theirs. And then I want to pull up the other one because the other one had some had some ones that will be interesting to talk about. Uh, Aaron said, uh, number one, knows when something is out of their scope, which is also what you talked about, Megan, mm-hmm. uh, knowing your limitations. Uh, two, appropriate vet care. And three, appropriate handling and show of rehab animals. For context, 
Recently encountered an alleged rescue showing off animals that were in such a state that I thought one was dead. Uh, the excuse was the animal was in rehab, and rehab animals shouldn't be used for public education in this way, is what he said, which is true. Don't. It's the same for uh, if you're selling animals, which again, again, two totally different things. Breeder, rehabber, but the same thing. You see breeders take stuff to a show, and it's in really bad shape. You, um, there's a certain turtle I can think of, Robert, that we saw recently. But when they're in really bad shape, don't take them to a show. Or, I, or I mean, even honestly, even adopting out animals that are in poor condition. I've yeah. seen rescues before where they have this animal and they're adopting it out, and you just can't help but wonder if they've even done anything yet, really. No, to... they probably got it that morning, and yeah, I've, trying to I mean, adopt I've, it out. I've seen rescues where they'll bring in a reptile and and anybody with a fiber of common sense knows that. When you bring in a new reptile, especially a rescue, and you have no idea what its background is, you need to get them checked for parasites. Yeah. And some of these rescues Warm are them. not even are not even having you know general wellness checks when this animal is completely emaciated. <laughs> so, so one of the things I see a lot is uh, in a lot of the groups is uh, I'm a rescue and I'm looking for yeah, this asking. morph. Mm-hmm. No, no rescue is fucking looking for anything. Right. Yeah. I guarantee Gina would be glad if they were all gone. <laughs> like there's no way Gina's like, Hey guys, please give me your reptiles. Yeah. It's not. Well, they, they come in there and go, Hey, if anybody has, you know, tortoises and snakes and iguanas yeah. or rescues don't have geckos, a shopping list. If you have an Aldabra that you can't of. take care of, I'd be more than happy to take it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, honey, if, post, post me on Facebook or on a, uh, Craigslist that I would take animals. I said, please take it down. Don't post me on Craigslist. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, no, was, you you already have somebody who thought they were doing something nice, <sighs> saying, "Here, here's a rescue. If you need to, you know, pass on your reptiles." I said, "Please take me down." <laughs> I mean, I you already have that. people dropping animals off at your door and then running away. So, <laughs> so what you're saying is, I need to drive by her door on a random day and see if there's anything sitting there it'll be easy to find just, just take- <laughs> yeah oh yeah <laughs> just look for the house with all of the reptile stuff out front <laughs> so i when i first started doing reptiles i bought some racks from a guy and it turned out it was her next door neighbor oh <laughs> oh my gosh that's too funny yeah i get over there and i'm like racks. i'm like looking around and and there was a tortoise hitting the fence <laughs> and he's like yeah that's gina she does all the rescues everybody knows who she is i was like oh okay that's what a weird coincidence. That, <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Um, go through a few more of these because I haven't got to the interesting parts yet. But Sarah says, number one, adheres to local regulations regarding animals, i.e. doesn't play the I'm a rescue. I should be allowed to keep the species even though it's prohibited where I live. Uh, two, files appropriate state and federal documentation to establish nonprofit status, especially if soliciting donations. We'll come back to that one. Uh, three, has an active, visible board of directors. Four, will – oh, no, we lost Gina. Oh, there she is. She's back. Yeah, somebody tried to call in. Boo, forget them. Uh, four, will decline to take an animal if they're unable to care for it. Uh, we talked about that one already. And partners with other credible organizations on a regional and national level. So that's what their their thoughts were. Again, we'll talk about some of those. Uh, Jessa, that's a interesting name. Jessa says transparency, which is what you said earlier, Megan. Uh, vetting the new home, which is what several people have said so far. And knowledge. Knowledge is a big one. You'll see some people that have owned a ball python for a month and now they're a rescue. Uh, don't trust those. Uh, Mindy Fitzgerald said nonprofit status and does not breed their animals. And Danielle said honesty. Uh, they care about an adopter's ability to care for the animal and they make sure the animal is doing well after adoption. So there's a lot of those are really good. The one that I want to talk about is one that uh, I've saw brought up in several different things over, over years of being in this hobby. 
and that is the idea of being a nonprofit or filing to be a what is the 501 501c 501c mm-hmm. so I'll ask Gina your your thought on that all right well I can tell you that it's about nine hundred dollars to file for a nonprofit and the paperwork you basically need to hire a lawyer to do it as well the paperwork is pretty strict you have to basically incorporate yourself you have to have a board it's pretty crazy um i could put 900 dollars into the animals or 900 dollars into the nonprofit. Yeah. you know getting the status so i've always called myself a not-for-profit um and when people bring animals or when they want to donate things i always tell somebody if you're going to bring me your snake i said your any supplies that you have would be appreciated but not necessary and i've had people after they've given me a cage and the animal and all this stuff they want to give me money too and i says that's not necessary um i just feel kind of bad in that sense but i'm hoping i'm going to be taking over some i might be put in charge of a current nonprofit. Oh, cool. so I, that's got my fingers crossed so hopefully I'll be making it official. Oh, I don't know. Maybe six months from now, but that's we'll we'll see how that goes. But that way, I wouldn't have to file paperwork and pay all the lawyers and and the money. I would just take over the nonprofit. That'd be great. Yeah, that's it. Would be. That is, I've seen that argument come up several times in groups before. When when those those rescues where it's the person that's owned one ball python for a month and now they want to own more, but they don't want to buy them. Those rescues. And people talk about, well, you need to have a non, you need to have five hundred one c and all this. I'm like, I don't think that. I mean, I did at one point think, well, yeah, that makes sense. But I've, it, since I've realized that's not the number one reason thing you need to be a rescue. Right? I mean, I, I, I understand. There's a legitimacy why to it, but it's still feel that way. And a lot of it, I mean, just like I, you know, didn't realize before I started looking into it exactly how much paperwork goes into it. A lot of people don't understand the intricacies of becoming a 501 or running a 501. Um, They just know, okay, well, all of the, you know, rescues that I've seen before or that I've donated to, they're all 501c3 nonprofit status. Yeah, I'd like to also say that's what you need to do. The National Humane Society is also a nonprofit. But how many people actually know the truth about the exactly. Humane Society of the United States. Yeah. So I'm just saying not all nonprofits are created equal. Yeah. But, you know, when you've got somebody like Gina who has been doing, you know, you've been doing this for 20 years. You have a reputation in the community. Um, you have a trusted vet that you have been working with for ages. Um, in, in a situation like this, it's, you know, the reputation and experience trumps you know, whether or not you have 501c status. I honestly don't care if someone has 501c status. If I know that you're doing the right thing, you're not screwing people over. There's plenty of rescues out there that have 501c that screw people over. Sure. Yes. You know, and, and misuse their funds. So 501c has absolutely nothing to do with whether or not you're ethical. That's true. Well, and I can tell in about two minutes of talking to someone that says they're a rescue if they're legit or not. Like John Grant just said, Mm -hmm. he saw a rescue up there where he's at in Oklahoma selling import Nile monitors. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah. Yeah. If if you walk, if you walk to the rescuer's table and they have what looks like a breeder's table, then they're probably not a rescue. Mm -hmm. If you walk there and there's like 
seven bearded dragons, all different types. And they're probably a rescue. Yeah. They're, they're probably, well, like Gina, you know, they have all the all the supplies that they sell to help fund mm-hmm. yeah. the so, rescue. And So let's talk about that. That's, the, that's usually the other big elephant in the room when it comes to rescues. One, people think that you have to be nonprofit, which we talked about. The other people have a hard time, have a hard issue with the money part. The I don't want to say selling because you're not selling animals. You're there is a financial there's money cha- exchanging hands, but you can't run this off of nothing, right? It, it makes no sense to try and run everything off of nothing. You have to get something to keep it going. Well, and when I first started rescue, I just made an adoption fee of twenty five dollars for everything, and I would have people buy or adopt, I should say, a twenty five dollar snake, turn around, and sell it for three hundred dollars. Yeah, and I learned that. Yeah, I managed to get rid of, I shouldn't say get rid of, adopt out all of the animals I had for adoption, but I have no idea where they went from there because the people that took them turned around and flipped them. And so I definitely needed to charge more so they would stop the flipping. And I can, you know, for teachers, I usually do half price if it's going in a classroom. And I put a money-back guarantee on every animal that goes out. I don't care if it's at a reptile show or out of my house. It's a money-back guarantee. If you don't like the animal, you can return it. I don't even care if it's a year later, and I'll give you your money back. Well, that's... I had somebody adopt a corn snake from me, and they came back about a year later and said it had a tumor. Mm. So I said, okay, well, I can take the snake back and refund your adoption fee. We could trade it out for another snake or I'll take it to the vet and I'll pay for the surgery and then give you your snake back. But then after that, I'm, I. Oop, people keep calling her. I know. Hold on. We can't, oh, we, we can't hear Jean. We lost. So I there ended up, uh, I, I, I ended up pay- paying for the surgery or taking it into the vet for the surgery and then uh, returning the animal. Well, see, and that's, so, a lot of people don't understand. Yes, okay, so you're getting a bearded dragon or a ball python or whatever from a rescue. That's not the same as buying it off someone's table who's selling it from, as a breeder, right? Mm-hmm. There's you One, there's supplies you had to put in to help house it. You had to feed it. And then for a lot of these, there's a vet bill that goes with it. There's medicine that these things take. That's not cheap. Uh, antibiotics for animals are not cheap. And, you know, so, yes, you may be getting a bearded dragon. That bearded dragon may have looked way worse when it first got there. And all that money that went into making it healthy again some of that's got to be recouped or else you would just go bankrupt. You wouldn't be able to keep doing this. My electricity bill for a single person in my house is $365 during the summer for one person. Oof. And my my temperature in my house is about 86. Yeah, no, I'm so not, that's not air conditioning. That's it, all the heat. I'm not visiting. It doesn't feel 86. I don't know if I've just like become numb to the heat at this point. I've never become numb to the but heat. But I... I don't, I don't notice your house does not feel that hot. <laughs> it is. <laughs> She's like, it, it, is. it definitely uh, is. We'll, 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 so t- we'll talk when I come visit during the summer. My, I'm, surprised, <coughs> I'm surprised. I mean, the only, probably the only, I, I actually, this is a rental house and my uh, landlord is a. Oh, <laughs> oh you cut I, out. You cut it. I love it. My landlord <laughs> is a, and then it cuts out and I'm like, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Somebody else is trying to call again. I just—I don't know how to stop anybody else from calling. Um, but my landlord's a police officer. And so I always wondered how come the electric company doesn't turn my number in for a single household with huge electricity uses <laughs> as a pot house or something. You know, but my landlord's a cop. So if anything came across their 
you know, he, he's been in here. He knows what I got. So <laughs> pretty funny. That's pretty good at the a landlord. Bills, that's that's okay. Yeah. It just, it just adds. <laughs> I'm going to call this person <laughs> back and tell them to stop calling. going to put it on post story. on Gina's page. Stop yeah. calling her. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I have my own flagellum panicure. I do my own worming. I've got my own antibiotics. I've got my own, I've got my own Batrol. I've got my own Silvadine. I have, you know, I, I work with the wildlife shelter and Dr. White, Larry White, the best reptile vet, by the way. And I have a lot of this stuff and I've been trained on how to deal with a lot of this stuff. So I don't have to take a minor thing in to the vet, like a turtle with an ear abscess. I can take care of that. That's easy. You know, a, a snake that has been caught in netting that has torn skin, That's I can deal with that. A turtle that has a hook in its mouth, I can deal with that. So that A lot brings, of stuff, experience. That brings me to uh, something I think we talked about last week on here or maybe the week before. I saw in a group. So you have experience giving injections and doing this and doing that, and that's great. Uh, I saw on Facebook, though, we're talking about Rainbow Bow. Someone's Rainbow Bow had a – looked like an RI, and they're like – just give it an injection of, what was it, Batril, I think they said to give it to it. Yeah. And I'm like, first off, this person doesn't even know what a RI is or what, and now you tell them to stab their animal with a needle and give them medicine they've never given. Like, that's horrible advice to give out on the internet. That is left for people that have done it on a regular basis, like a rescue or a vet or someone who has experience with that. So I'm like, please don't give advice, of yeah. medical advice of what people should do to their animal. Go to a vet. It. You're not giving injections to reptiles the same way that you're giving them to a dog or a cat. Well, it, and that person telling them to do that has probably never done it themselves yeah. either. Yeah. Because <laughs> if you tell them they're just going to take it and they're just going to jab it in there, I'm like, they're subcutaneous injections. Yeah. That's completely different than just shoving a needle and hoping you don't hit a uh, major organ. Yeah. No, there's, I had to give them to the iguana that I was rehabbing. There's no way I could have done it if the vet hadn't showed me how to do it first. Completely I, different. But you should try giving a shot in the upper arm to a large snapping turtle. <laughs> yeah. That's fun. I can do it all by myself. No, I, thank you. Better wow. you than me. <laughs> See, I told it's y'all she was hardcore. Really, really easy. You turn him into a burrito. So with a towel. Oh, okay. I'll take your word for it, Gina. I, lo- I love yeah. how she's just casually, yeah, we'll just turn the snapping. So you say that snapping turtle. Into I lived a in Louisiana where they would literally turn that into a burrito. Like they would cook that turtle oh, and no, turn it into like a burrito. I'd wrap, I'd wrap the, the snapping turtle with a towel and and then mm. use a pressure point at my knee and yeah. As a zookeeper in Louisiana, I feel, I learned all sorts of recipes for my animals at the zoo when customers came. <laughs> right. So I mean. I got a message the other night asking me if I knew anybody who could help get a large snapping turtle out of a pool. And I was like, I have no idea. Not me. They're not, yeah. they're not bad. Although I do it by the way that everybody tells you not to do it. I don't give a shit. I grab I, them by the tail. I will help move one, but not one that's in water. It's not bad. That can move faster than when I they can. they can't spin around kind of quick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a really big net to get it out. I don't have a really big net. Alligator snappers are a hundred <laughs> times easier to move than common snappers. Oh, all- really? Alligator snappers, you can put your hand behind their head and pick them up. You have to but, put your hand behind your head. Yeah. If you grab them on the side, they can get they you. Get you. Yeah. Common snappers, you can put your hand behind their head, but because of the way it's set, they can also <clears throat> grab you sometimes when you put your hand behind their head. Yeah. They're They're built yeah, a little different i don't i don't i don't deal with snappers alligator good. snappers are easy it's it's very now it is tricky to move like a hundred pound alligator snapper because you can't 
you can put your hand behind his head and grab shit up, but you can't like hold it against you like this. Yeah. Because if you hold it against you like that, it's gonna just bite you in the face. I've seen people do like the towel or blanket trick where they like throw a blanket on it, let it like bite the blanket, and then grab it so it's like distracted it's great until let's go to the blanket and then bites you yeah i considered that and i was like no you know what i'm just not gonna I, so i've had to move yeah. 100 pounders and it's just it's muscle at that point you hold it out in yeah. front of you hold the back and you just you take breaks along the way depending on how far you have to go i'll call you when when somebody calls me for one of those guys. i tried to save a, a a common snapper out of the road the other day but i was one second too late and the guy in front of me That's picked it up I, heard. I was pissed i turned around to get it he turned around in front of me to get it, and I saw he was about to get it. And when I got out, he got out of his car, and he was on the phone with somebody. Like, yeah, I'm going to get it, and I'm going to bring it to you. I was like, fuck. Uh, and I wasn't going to take it because I wasn't the first one there. So I'm like, I don't want to be that dick. I'm like, no, you can't have it, and then run off with the turtle. And So I don't know if it got eaten or as a pet or what happened to it, but but they took it. So Jerks. I know. I'm, I'm going to assume that they wanted it. Uh, for some reason, they wanted a common snapper turtle in their pond. And uh, well, It's that's- actually illegal to pick up on public land. Yep. I'm assuming it came out, you know, so it's where they they're, they uh, extended that pond on that neighborhood up here, and it's drained right now. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming it came up out of that pond. Probably. And it was, just, it was sitting right in the middle of the road. And luckily it hadn't gotten hit, because, I mean, it was right in the middle of a lane. Yeah. But I didn't get hit in time. Anyway. At least it got rescued, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Air quote rescued. Rescued. Uh, yeah. it, got, it got out of the road. It didn't get hit by a car. It did not get hit by a car. Yes. And that is the bonus. Um, I, I did want to pull up, I pulled up something. We asked this question, oh, when was it? Back in January. And I felt like it was somewhat, uh, applied to this. It was what reptile do you think should be sold less in the hobby and why? And I think we've definitely, beardeds are probably definitely on that list. I mean, that does get mentioned here quite a bit. Um, some of the other ones I'm wondering how often they show up, uh, Savannah monitors. Do you ever get monitors? I get Savannah maybe two a year. Well, that's not bad. I says, I mean, it sucks, but that's not as bad as I thought it would be. Didn't you? Yeah, recently... Nile monitor is probably four a year. I was gonna say, didn't you recently have a Nile monitor? Or I had a mangrove monitor. mangrove monitor. That's what it was. Yeah. Although I think, I think the unfortunate part to uh, to Gina not getting some of these is some of them just they die before someone's gonna surrender. That's another problem is a lot of these animals die before someone surrenders, or they get so bad they find like, no, nah, right now I need to surrender them to to them. Whereas if they get them to Gina at the very beginning when they realize they couldn't take care of it, it'd be such an easier process. I imagine you get a lot of them that are so emaciated or so many stuck sheds on a snake or they're covered in feces because they haven't been cleaned. Yeah, I've gotten a lot of them like that. It's just people – and sometimes it's – they get it from somebody and they decide it's too much for them or somebody passes away or they're afraid of it. The kid goes to college and leaves it with mom thinking they're going to take care of it. Mom says, that's it. I'm done. I'm not having anything to do with it. There's just so many reasons. I had a, uh, I, not this last, this past Christmas, but the one before. So it was, yeah, Christmas 2020. Um, I wound up taking in a, he was probably four or five month old green iguana that normally I wouldn't have done this, but he, he desperately needed help. I mean, this poor thing, this person had him in, uh, like a 10 gallon tank with sand, nothing to climb on, no hides. They were feeding them like rat. I can't remember. What Wait, what was it? It, it was a, it was a baby green iguana. Okay. They had it in like a 10 gallon tank on sand. What's wrong with that? I don't understand. No, no nothing to hide. No hides, That's- no climbing, no UVB, no proper heat. Wait a minute. Feeding- you, 
they were feeding lights for it, these like things? lettuce and so I took him in and unfortunately he I wound up having to euthanize him but um yeah it was one of those situations where got him got him the vet care that he needed we had the heat had the lights had you know was giving him the critical care um but yeah it was just the the damage had been done at that point you know I'm assuming you get sulcatas in often um maybe five or six a year that's still too many I I guess I've said before I own five of them and I've never bought one so that's there's a I won't keep that's the one tortoise I will not keep that's I will always find it at home I, I love them, but I, I will never keep them unless we actually wind up buying land eventually. Because um, I just, that's that's a lot of tortoise. It's a lot. I miss mine. There's... I'm, I'm more concerned. I'm not even necessarily concerned with the size in my yard. I have a large backyard. Um, you, don't, you don't have so caught a large backyard. I'm, oh, I say, I'm more concerned with the, the sulc- if sulcatas weren't sulcatas... I would love to have one. It's the digging and the so Kool-Aid man I've, action. I've, ne- I've never had the digging issue. No? I find the people that have digging issues don't give a sulcata somewhere to go. Mm-hmm. And so they have the need to dig. But when I worked at the zoo, mm-hmm. we had a whole yard full of them. And so basically, it's a lack of enrichment, essentially. They have, Yeah, they had an indoor place to go. They can get yeah. out of everything. They'd go in there. At my house where they're at in Louisiana, they have a, a concrete bunker that they can go into and get out of the sun and go in. It's just like a burrow. Um I don't find they dig. Now, when you see like the the guy out in Arizona does the big sulcata rescue and all that, mm-hmm. they're out in the middle of the desert. So they're naturally going to dig down because that's where they got to get to to cool yeah. off. But I, I have found that I don't have an issue with them digging over here as long as you give them something to go into. Yeah. If you just put them in a yard, they're going to dig a hole. That's that's what they do. Yeah. But for a long time, I thought, well, if they can see through the fence, they'll dig. That was an issue because mine has a chain link fence around mine. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have another fence between them. It's... But it's wire. But they can see straight through, and they don't. They don't, don't care at all. They haven't dug anything. Now, dogs, on the other hand, the dogs will dig no matter what because they're a pain in the butt. But my tortoises haven't dug. So what I'm hearing is that tortoises are better than dogs. Tortoises are a million times better than dogs. Yeah. Well. Uh, red foot tortoises. Red foot tortoises. I love waffles. I have a red foot. She comes. She comes to me like a dog now. She's pretty irritated because I'm not feeding her every day. But I walk up to her tub to greet her in the morning. And then she just like immediately gets up and starts walking over like she's expecting me to give her something. And she that one's got an attitude. You gave me a tortoise with an attitude, Gina. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> yeah, she's she's got two. So and I need like five more. If, so. you, want, if you want a tortoise with an attitude, get you a male sulcata. Yeah. Well. Now that that's the thing I can see where somebody was like, I don't want them because they are dicks. They they can't help it. They're they're just dicks. <laughs> uh, they just they they want to ram everything and yep. And the problem is yeah. And, and the problem is they always seem to be male when mm. I get one. They'll unplug your heater in your snake room, right, John Grant? Oh, yeah, John Grant lost. No, that was that's maybe too soon for that one. That's uh, been over a year. It'll get between your gas lines and your house oh. and rip your gas lines out of the wall. Oh Jesus! Yeah, they uh. They're destructive on that on that one. That's why, like, when I saw that one post uh, last week, with people were like, "Just let it roam your house." Fuck you. That's a stupid idea. That's, Go through your sheetrock. That's a stupid fucking idea. They were all pissed yeah, at me, someone because they let put me get right on that. They put that tortoise in a tub and it broke the tub. And they're like, "You should just let it roam your house." Well, you should shut up. You should have better ideas. Um, but anyways, wait. It broke the tub, and then well, they recommended. 
They, let it run. Yeah, they brought it in for it was cold outside for like two nights. And they put it in a big black tub and it turns sideways and it's oh. enough force to snap the tub. And everybody was telling them how they should get rid of the animal and they shouldn't be allowed to own it and they're a horrible person, this or that. And then they seem like you just let it roam your house. I've seen those things shit and piss and I've seen what they can run through. None of that's happening in my house. I'm not even letting an adult redfoot free roam my house because I've seen them shit and piss. And it's not pleasant. Yeah, I don't need white gooey urates all over my living room floor. No. But, anyways, I digress. I already made that mistake once with my snake. Never again. You let your snake roam your house? Well, no, I didn't let her roam my house, but I, I took her out of her enclosure knowing that she hadn't gone to the bathroom after eating yet, and I thought... She what, won't do it now. What harm could a little enrichment do? What would all this moving around in this tube full of shit do? What harm could it do, James? What harm could it do? Well, I'll tell you what it did. She shit on my living room floor. It was terrible. When my I still have the corn snake. When my snow corn was smaller, it could fit in my a shirt pocket. Mm-hmm. Hey, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Uh, They're sneaky and they escape. I put it in my shirt pocket, and then I I got very warm and wet all at one time, and then the smell hit. So then I had to get – one, <laughs> I had to get the snake out of the shirt pocket. Two, I had to get the shirt off of me as it soaked through the shirt onto my body. So it was just – I have not since put a snake in a pocket. Ever. I'm always concerned about the – people keep tagging me in um, – the video of the the snake massage they have like these burmese pythons that oh, they crawl over the people crawl over the people and and people keep tagging me in it like i don't i don't know if they're expecting me to say that like yes that would freak me out or whatever and i'm like okay well this seems like a good time but honestly my biggest concern about this situation is whether when's the last time that snake went to the bathroom because that's going to be a bad time if this goes south no thanks. Anytime I do education programs or have or at a show, I'm always taking an extra shirt because things happen. Yep. Hand sanitizer, Gross towels. <laughs> yep. So are you? I know, like in the past, you've done like quite a few like education events. Are you doing any more now that COVID is kind of leveled off at this point and things are kind of back to normal in Texas? Well, I had two scheduled at schools, but they got canceled. Um, I Spring Branch, since I teach in this district, they always, the elementaries will call me to come out for a health fair or whatever's going on, Easter fair. And so I'll come out. I'm the free petting zoo. I am doing the SPCA summer camp. So oh, cool. I'm being out to that. I do that every year. And I usually do the Humane Society summer camp. Those are, I do them all for free. And then, but I haven't heard much from the Boy Scouts or Girl Scouts or like I usually did Earth Day and there were festivals all over the city. They would come and do things, but they really haven't, I guess they're really not coming back yet. So Hmm. we'll see. Well, I don't think you uh, are short of anything to keep you busy right now anyway. So <laughs> I, I mean, unless you are, you, you seem like maybe you're sitting at home you want, twiddling I, your thumbs all day. I can put your information um, on Craigslist if you would like. Yeah. No. Craig, Craigslist, no. Facebook, maybe, maybe throw in a TikTok account. Next door would be a good one. <laughs> uh, 
So I want to go over some of the things on our on our discussion page. Yes. Okay. Uh, There's some things on there. Uh, I don't know how many people have seen the picture of the king snake eating a garter snake, eating a toad. It's basically what? the the coonass version of a turducken. Yep. That when was that one posted? Uh, it was posted on the twenty sixth. It was right after the last podcast. But yeah, it's a, it's a speckled king snake eating a garter snake, which was also eating a toad. I don't know how I missed that one. I would like to know how that ended. I would like to know if the king snake finished with everything, or if he let it go. Um. Oh, and there was also Nathan Holcomb posted that garter snake, that red garter snake from North Carolina. That thing was amazing looking. <laughs> I think some of these I said last week. I can't remember. Do we? I don't think I posted this one. This one. <laughs> okay, so I posted a video of a dog and a cat last week. Did anybody? I know Robert saw the video of the dog and the cat. I don't think I saw that. It's a. Uh, it. It was a male dog. I think. I think it was a male dog and a female cat, and uh, their at- anatomy will go together. But their anatomy doesn't like to separate. And so now it's a dog dragging a cat around. Oh, that one. Yes, <laughs> I saw that. You know, like box turtles? Yeah. You ever seen yeah. box turtles locked up like that? Yes. And then the female just walks off dragging the male? Yeah, this this cat was not uh was not happy. It was it was screaming the whole time. Um oh there was one there was also a video on our group of two black bears. I've never seen Two black bears. Like, you always see videos on like National Geographic of like grizzlies fighting. This is two big ass black bears in Tennessee just going to town on each other, tearing up each other in Tennessee, which would be awesome to see. I've seen black bears in the wild, and I always think, man, we're so lucky to have black bears in the South and not awesome grizzly bears to see at a distance. I saw them like right next to our truck once. We were driving through uh, Shenandoah mm-hmm. in uh, Virginia, and like, they were right. There was a mom and a cub right next to the truck. We used to live in Alaska when I was growing up. My dad was stationed up there, and uh, we had grizzlies, black bears. Sometimes you could look out your window, and there was a moose walking down the street. That does scare the shit out of me. Yeah. A grizzly scares me, but a moose really scares me. Yeah, we stayed inside. I, th- I think way too many people get comfortable around a moose, because it's like, it's not a bear. It's no, a fucking moose. but they're, they're huge. mean as hell. Yeah, no, I'm good. They're not. They're not. Uh, you posted one about U.S. Arc, a video of the U.S. Arc. I did. I posted a couple, actually. Um, if you're not following them on YouTube yet, U.S. Arc does have a YouTube channel now, and they've posted several videos at this point. Um, they have posted um, the first video that I posted, which is What Are We Fighting For? The um, That one, they recorded several people at, I think it was the last Tenley um, NARBC asking people, like, what us arc you know means to them and and what you know why it's important um and then the my the a really good one that if you haven't watched it yet you should um it's the the second video that i posted and that one is an interview kind of an interview with um garrett hartle from reach out reptiles um and he spends the entire video basically it's like an open letter to his congressional representatives um you know on why it's important for us to you know fight against the lazy act amendments and i honestly couldn't have said anything that he said better he hit the nail on the head the way that he presented it is you know respectful and knowledgeable um which is exactly the way that you know we should be representing ourselves in the hobby 
Um, so if you haven't watched it, you need to because it's it's a great video. And with all the USR stuff, I also want to throw in our April slash May giveaway because we did extend it into May. Uh, we are still giving away the custom chameleon mandala from our friends over at Crafty Gargoyles, which is if anybody's watching the video, it's back here on the wall. It's hard to tell in there, but there's a picture on our Facebook group and on our Facebook discussion group. All you got to do is post a picture of your US Arc membership. Just go, take a screenshot, post it. We got a lot of people in the last week that posted theirs. It was great. Um, and then once you post that, you're entered to win, and then we will give it away. And also, go over and check out Crafty Gargoyles on Facebook and check out some of the mandalas they have. Uh, they're the skill. And I talk to Robert about this every time we're at a show because they always seem to be near us at a show. Uh, we've seen them grow from when they started doing this to now. Mm-hmm. And their skill with making these things is it's insane. And it, any of them would be an amazing addition to your house, your snake room, or whatever. So my, my in-laws don't listen to this. So um, my 11-year-old went to Gina. Not Gina. That's Gina. <laughs> that's Gina. Went not to Gina. Um, Talina, Talina at Beaumont and said he wanted a white-tailed deer buck mandala for his pawpaw for his birthday in September. And he wanted to know how much it was going to be so he could save his money. Oh, that's adorable. And uh, she's already got it done, and it looks awesome. She sent us pictures the other day. It looks awesome. But, yeah, he, he wanted to get that for his pawpaw for that's his birthday so in September. Yeah, he's he's got his moments. He's, he's a good kid. <laughs> but yeah, go check out the, the work that Talina and Gonzo does, the painting that Talina has gotten now on some of these things. Some of these uh, ones underneath black lights are insane to look at. But they do so many. They do a ton of animals, but they can do almost anything. But some of their intricate ones, they've got one that's a Mardi Gras mask that is crazy. It's bright green and yellow and purple. So go check out Crafty Gargoyle. Also, if you're looking for a gargoyle, you can check out. They also have some uh, lychees and, and other stuff as well. So go give them a check. Buy some stuff for them. Put it up in your house. You'll love it. I promise. Uh, our buddy Bill Bradley from last week did post a picture of a... Uh, of some underwear. Really beautiful American, <laughs> very patriotic Speedo. A little Speedo that, th- thankfully, he just posted the Speedo <laughs> and not the Speedo on him. Yeah. Because he he would. He he definitely would. He and would. He was very on board with my fundraising idea. Yeah, no. it's the I, I will put money into it not to see him in a Speedo. <laughs> uh, when I posted the, posted the episode last week, I said it was him in a thong. And he said, no, it was a Speedo. I told him, no. If he puts a speedo on, it's becoming a thong. So we will pass on that. Uh oh, this one, this one got posted. The po- the original post got taken down, but Dallas Rua posted a picture of a I think he's a previous sheriff running again for sheriff in Andalusia, Alabama. Mm-hmm. He was saving the public from a two-foot corn snake in a piggly wiggly parking lot, which is a ga- is a grocery store for those that don't know what a piggly wiggly is. But uh, I didn't even know that there were Piggly Wigglies still open. All yeah. there's small towns. <laughs> they're only small towns. There's one in West Wego. Yeah, right around the venue. Uh, but he's stepping on the head. First, you can see the first picture is him like fucking with it, and there's a second picture where I'm like, he's just got this giant like leap and stepping on its head to kill it in the middle of this part. And it's a little corn snake, little corn snake or rat snake. It's hard to tell from a distance, but uh, and of course some of the people are like praising him how he saved them. Uh, but that man is is uh, wants to be an elected official. Again. Again. We're, and they're going to trust him to walk around with a gun. Well, and this is a guy that gets scared by a corn snake and has to kill a corn snake. Can't just be like, shoo. No, no. He wasn't scared by the corn snake. He was super brave and manly, yeah, saving man- the townspeople. The manly man by stepping so on its head. Get their groceries to the car. But uh, Dallas has been trying, and, and, and I would love for Dallas and Amanda to win this. They've been trying to push for its animal cruelty, which is 100% is, 100% is animal cruelty. Um, but you know how that usually works. If it's not fuzzy, it's not animal cruelty to the general public. In Texas, it wouldn't be. Yeah. 
they, they will, oh, they will. no. I, I mean, honestly, in, in most states, they're not going to – in all states, most people aren't just going to give a shit. So my problem is I still think it should be illegal to kill them. You know how oh, like, it's, it's illegal to kill birds of prey, right? Mm-hmm. But no one's been like, oh, no, we're really running low on black vultures. Uh, it should still be illegal to kill any – like it should be illegal to kill – we're, we're not – they're not a food source. We're not – they're not like fishing or hunting. So I don't know. I, I have a problem with that. But anyways – that was that was a picture they posted. If you're in Andalusia, Alabama, don't vote for that dick. I can't remember his name, but fuck him. Dennis Meeks. Dennis Meeks. Fuck Dennis Meeks. He also supports <laughs> rattlesnake roundup. So what? the weirdest shit you get from your reptile friends. John Grant just sent us a picture. Uh, looks like some prime rib that he traded <laughs> someone for some rats. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Brian McDowell posted a great. It was a Kribo eating a Bushmaster. Did you see that video? Mm-hmm. That is oh, that one was cool. Some fucked up snakes in the world. The Bushmaster is a horrifying snake. You've you've been near Bushmasters mm-hmm. in a collection. Yes, I have. And they are a scary animal. They're 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 intense. And this creepo said, "No, nah, I'm gonna go ahead and eat that. That looks good." So that was a crazy video. Um, it just shows you how badass a creepo is. And they get big though. I mean, creepos. I mean, it's get, a trimarcon. So yeah, it's indigo. It's indigo. Yeah. One day, <laughs> one day I will have one. Nathan. So I need to go get one so I can be like, hey, look what I got, Megan. <laughs> Fuck you, Robert. You got my speckles, too. <laughs> uh, Nathan posted a, a snake picture for Katie, which was a mangrove pit viper, but a black mangrove pit viper, which just looks pretty vicious. I'll it pass on that. so freaking cool, though. Mm-hmm. So freaking cool. I did not watch the alligator burps video. Did anybody watch that one? I mean, uh, No. But I've heard alligators make weird noises. I'm used to alligators making weird noises. I did see the box turtle with the blue eyes, which is really pretty. There's a picture of it. Go check that out. There's a box turtle with blue eyes. Really pretty. Um, I All these simple things, and I did not read the thing that, that Travis posted. I apologize, Travis Wyman. He tried to make us smarter, and I did not. But it was targeted gene distribution in marsupial, whatever. So it's pretty cool. They finally managed to success, successfully crack how to use CRISPR in a marsupial model. Yeah, I meant to comment on that. Please explain this to me like I'm five. I, I ask Travis to do that all the time for me, and he seems to still think I that I know what they're talking about. I saw the post, and I thought, wow, that would be really cool if I knew what any of this meant. Yeah, I don't know what CRISPR is. I do know what CRISPR is. No. I have no idea what any of that said. It's... Except the part with rats. It's a technology that can be used to edit genes. Yeah, they can change the DNA around. Oh, okay. The eventual, the eventual goal is you can order your own baby. Mm-hmm. Um... I'm good with not ordering any babies. Well, that's your so. good with no babies at all. Yeah. There's a difference there. You know, we we talked about it a so couple quiet. weeks ago, but I have th- we have three friends that are all either pushing 40 or are 40 or who are all having their first children. No, I'm good. I got my one. I'm good. Not going. I When I do some sort of like announcement, it'll be, look at this clutch of snakes. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do a gender reveal once they hatch. Yep. <laughs> That that'll be that'll be my parenting announcement. All right, so here's two uh, back-to-back stories that are somewhat related. The first one, it's the picture that really fucks this one up. Sweetwater police warning of increase in rattlesnake activity. Yeah. But the picture is a gaboon viper. So uh, and I think the other one's like a uh, that one had me scratching my Pacific head. Southern Pacific rattlesnake or something. Yeah. that's yeah, nowhere near. Yeah. So uh, if you're in Sweetwater, watch out those rattling gaboon vipers. Pretty fucking dangerous. Y'all got bigger problems. Now I know why they have that roundup. They have all these rattling gaboon vipers they got to <laughs> take care of. <laughs> right. Got to get rid of them. Uh, what are we going to do? But speaking of roundups, uh, okay, so I need people to understand. 
it's going to sound heartless when I say what I'm about to say. And uh, it kind of is, and I don't give a shit. Uh, so a dumb fuck at a Texas rattlesnake uh, roundup. Where was this one located? Breer, Breer. Texas. It's Breer. down in like way south Texas, like close to way Mexico. south Texas. Like yeah, like Browns- don't, Brownsville. Don't go like, it's, a little, it's a little more north than that, but like, yeah. But like close to that. And this area. is a this is a kill rattlesnake roundup, right? You looked up. It was a kill rattlesnake roundup. Yes. Uh, the rattlesnake handler died. He got bit by a rattlesnake and died. And uh, good, good, good. I mean, I'm sure they've killed enough rattlesnakes in the but however many here's years. Here's the problem. It won't affect them. Yes, it will. It'll make that rattlesnake roundup, rattlesnake roundup, more popular because now people are like, "Look, it even killed one of the handlers there. We need to kill more rattlesnakes." See, I'm more worried about it bothering legal venomous keepers finding some way for that to bother to to tie in a law mm-hmm. that will get into the hobby, even though this is not hobby related at all. Nothing about this is hobby related. But I was, I was trying to find out too because. And I don't know if y'all tried Googling them or not, but I was watching several videos of this guy that I found on YouTube. Um, and it's like this little organization that they have in Freer, Texas, and they call themselves the Snake Busters. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that I have been able to find is Snake Busters in Australia, because I was trying to figure out like exactly what, what they're they, busting. Yeah, like exactly what they're doing. Because well, he was supposedly the head of the snake busters yeah because like i president. mean it said that like he's been you know he handling handling snakes for 20 years but i'm like okay what are y'all doing like are you are you just you know you're coming out and picking up snakes when people have one on their property you're collecting them for these roundups what exactly are y'all doing and i can't seem to find any information on them at all none of it requires you to handle just, a rattlesnake in a way in which you would get bit the way he did i just oh, found I, um, so many videos he's like he's kissing the rattlesnake on the face and i'm like what are you doing yeah no means no like absolutely not yeah uh so fuck him i i just found an article about that was that was actually put out just a couple of days before he died, where they interviewed him. The local news did. Um, oh, did you? About you know what they do and okay, but yeah, send that to me so I can read it. I didn't find that one. I I did find an article where his son was bitten by a rattlesnake a couple of years ago. <laughs> um, so it seems to be kind of like a. Stupidity runs in the family. Recurring theme. And I mean, obviously, like, I mean, obviously that can happen to anybody who's That's working, not who's working with venomous snakes. But the way that they are working with venomous snakes is clearly unsafe. See, that one's not nearly as good as the uh, the Pentecostal preacher who died from snake handling. And then his son died the same way as a Pentecostal preacher through snake handling. That one's lovely. I love that one. All right. I'm going to have to do some reading when I get home. Uh, also posted Terry Vandeventer. If anybody knows Terry Vandeventer, he's been in the hobby for a long time. Uh also, he does knives. You may know him from knives. But uh, he unfortunately had an animal die. But this animal is very impressive. It is a 49-inch copperhead. It is, I saw you saw that, that. one? It is a yes, massive copperhead. Gorgeous. Um, he's had it. Let's see. He collected it back in, 19, in 2004. It was 30 inches. It, is, it died, unfortunately, now. At, uh, oh, no. It says, uh, this one reached 53 and a half inches. So his, his, his largest wild one was 49. This one was 53 and a half inches. It's a, it's a massive copperhead. Yeah. Absolutely gorgeous. One of the prettiest patterns I've ever seen. 
Uh, Darren Watson. I haven't seen that one. It says that Clint over at Clint's Reptiles did a, a video talking about albino and leucistic genes. I'll have to go check that out. Those are always interesting ones. We've talked about so it with. We haven't spoken to our guests. I know. I apologize. 20 minutes. I apologize. So let's uh, see if she has anything else she wants to talk about or. I know. I was going through all the. There was a lot of stuff this week. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. This is pretty interesting. No, seriously interesting. She's over there celebrating the guy that got bit in the face. <laughs> bit him on the collarbone. Yeah. On the mm. collarbone. This is why I don't deal with venomous. Have you had I'm any? But, smart enough to know I'm too stupid to deal with it. <laughs> See, we talk about knowing your limitations as a rescue. Well, That's exactly. Like oh, our, our friend John Grant. Yes. He's great at handling snakes, but he says I don't get venomous because I get bit all the time. Because yeah, John Grant's okay getting bit, so he would right. end up doing something stupid. Which that actually makes me think. So, I mean, you already said that like you don't really deal with mammals anymore. But are there any reptiles that? you used to work with a lot that you just, uh, other than iguanas, is there anything else that you're just like, I'm not even, I'm not working with them anymore. Big snakes. Yeah. 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 When we, when we say big, like what's, what's our like limit, like anything under or like above 10, eight feet. Okay. And and I've got 150 gallon aquariums here. That'll fit a big snake. No problem. Reptile aquariums. But, Anything over eight feet, I can't unwrap myself if it get if it went after me. Yeah, and I don't want to have to deal with having another person in the house, at, in the sense that, hey, can you come over because I'm going to feed or clean this yeah. or open this. This yeah. this snake poop. Now that, I have to make plans to have someone come visit so I can clean up poop. Yeah, if it's eight feet, if it tries to wrap me, I can to handle that. But anything over that, no. Um. So. So how often are you turning things away? We talked about uh, rescues knowing their limitations, and we talked about you won't deal with hots and you won't deal with large constrictors. How often, are, or sulcatas, how often are you having to turn things away? I have a pretty good list of where I can send people. Yeah. Uh, like the SPS, SPCA called me about, oh, I don't know, three weeks ago or something, and I don't know if it was a Nile monitor Whatever it was, it was a large, a large monitor, some type of large monitor lizard, and I, I can't deal with that. And I sent him to Eric at Pets Plenty. Yeah, it's like I called him at first, and I said, "Hey, are you guys able to take in this animal?" I don't typically take in monitors, um, but the one that I got in, the latest one I got in, was a mangrove, and it was only like you know three feet long, including the tail, so it wasn't a big deal. But the bigger ones, uh, not necessarily. I don't, I don't uh, deal with them. I don't want them tearing up my cages and or you. they'll shred your arms. Yeah, the bigger ones. No what thanks. about like caiman? I actually took in two baby caiman years ago, but they were little. And they were also, I believe, SPCA rescue. And this is when I figured out you cannot force feed a caiman by opening its mouth and putting um, a fish in its mouth. <laughs> so I knew they had the back flap. Okay? Yeah. When they open their mouth, their throat closes. I knew it. But until I actually tried to feed it, that's, that's, it was one of those duh moments, you know? <laughs> I got a meeting, no problem, and I found homes for them. And if they're babies, I don't care. But big ones, yeah, no. Yeah. I'm, so that's I, way beyond me. We talked about, or we didn't talk about, it was this week that someone posted a Cayman that they had just gotten at a show and they couldn't keep anymore. Which is an all too common occurrence. On there's two things that once shows come through, you can almost be promised to see. Uh, probably some sort of cobra and a caiman, because it looked adorable and it was cheap at the show, 
And then you get it back home and you realize, oh, fuck, this is a cobra. Or, yeah. oh, shit, this is a caiman. It looked like a pet at the show surrounded by all the other pets. And then you realize, this is National Geographic in my living room and I can't do this. I was at a non-herp show. Let me be clear about that. It was not a herp show last year. And I was out front waiting for a customer to pull up so I could load them up. And this guy comes out and he had two cobras he had just purchased. And so we start talking. And uh, he's telling me, yeah, I've got an African, a West African green mamba and a black mamba. And oh, yeah, how long have you been keeping hot, uh, venomous? Oh, about two months. <laughs> All right. I said, um, so then and, he starts and talking. And that's what he started with? He's like, yeah. He's like, that, that black mamba really intimidates me. I got it out the other day and I couldn't control it. And it got loose in my bedroom and I had to like shove towels under the door. He said, because I'm not the best housekeeper in the world. My house is pretty messed up. And it took me like four hours to find this eight foot black mamba. I'm like, oh my god, dude! I'm sitting here thinking this is going to be the guy that we see on the news one day. See, this the people like that are the reason why I firmly believe that you should have to take an IQ test before you're allowed to keep animals, yeah. particularly I'm, ones that can kill you. Well, I'm not opposed to a permitting system. I've talked about before on stuff like that, or even crocodilians. You know, Florida, it's extreme, but it does its job. There's it's a thousand hours per family, so a thousand hours per colubra day, a thousand hours per viper viper day, and a thousand hours for a lapidae of experience with another keeper before you're allowed to get your permit to keep. Or there's a test you can take. You can take the test, and it will bypass all that. Proves that you know what you're talking about, kind of. But I do like the idea of some sort of a permit system. And of course, people will go, "Well, I don't want to have a permit because then they know I have them." Well, you, they may need to know you have them. Yeah. I mean. The, the fuck stick in North Carolina who's got out and then thought nature would kill it and it didn't. They needed to know that was out. Yeah. So. <laughs> Fuckers like well, that is why we have a permit limits. system. What was that, Gina? But the people in the city limits that have stuff they're not supposed to have, they're never going to get mm-hmm. their permits. Yep. Yeah. Because they don't want to admit they have it illegally, say, like Shit. in Houston city limits. If I had a dollar for every person I know that lives in the city of Houston that has boas or has venomous. Yeah. But like the guy whose King Cobra got out a couple of years ago. Yeah. In Harris County. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that venomous the whole county. So. Yeah. Yeah. But what's funny is a tiger got out two years ago. Last year? Last year. Last year. That guy just got convicted yeah. of murder today. Yeah. But you didn't see them outlaw tigers in Texas. Mm-mm. No. Because there's a trillion of them in Texas. He didn't even face any legal charges. And it's a fucking tiger. That. Yeah. Like, he was already on. He was already uh, out on bond on a murder charge. Yeah. I mean, like I said, he got convicted it's today. Just so comforting. Could you? Could you imagine walking outside, going, "Nope, close your door and calling your boss." Hey, going, hey after, I can't come in today because there's a tiger. In the height of Hurricane Harvey, <laughs> some people were out taking a walk to look at damage up near Splendora, and a tiger came out of the woods and jumped up on the guy's shoulders and was like, "Hey, buddy." And, and that's the moment I would shit myself for like, having yeah, a heart attack. Tiger, which is that one. still a huge animal. And he was like, uh, okay. So they kind of backed off and called and the, it laid down and it was super tame. But uh, it was being kept illegally in that county and they ended up taking it to that big that big wolf slash but again, cat rescue. Up and- no one is aiming to get rid of tigers in Texas. Yep. But one guy has a snake get loose in Texas and people are like, we need to pass laws so nobody can have these things. I'm because like, tigers aren't poisonous and evil. And because they're fuzzy and cute. They are and there's a shit cute. ton of them in Texas. In, in the, hunting, in the sure, hunting world, we call them charismatic carnivores. Sure, they could kill you with one swipe of the paw. But if that's how I go out, that's how I go out. 
At least it there's was adorable. Prejudice. There's a big prejudice against reptiles. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We all know it. Yeah, and it's and, oh. and it's deadly seen in lawmaking right now in BC updates, Missouri County Group. Somebody posted a picture of a dead broadband water snake hanging on a fence. Can anybody tell me what kind this is? Let me ask. It was a, a water mm. mo- a water moccasin. So I I commented. <laughs> I was the first one to comment. Said it's a broadband water snake. Blah blah blah. You don't know nothing. And I said, and let's just see how long it takes some idiot to call it a cottonmouth or a, the next comment. <laughs> pretty sure it's cottonmouth. Pretty sure it's cottonmouth. I'm it's, pretty sure you're wrong. It's snake. It's cottonmouth. My no. favorite one is people are like, "Well, let it come bite you and see." Okay, sure. All right. If that's what it takes to make you shut up, I'll I'll do it. Someone in our neighborhood group posted a. Uh, like a ring cam video of two kids opening up the water main lid and looking inside and playing, probably looking for toads or something. And they got, and someone earlier that day had posted our, our local alligator that lives in our pond here. And uh, everybody always freaks out when they see the alligator. I'm like, someone goes, how'd that get here? I'm like, we, you live in Southeast Texas. It, yeah. it was here. Why it, do uh, people ask that question? They <laughs> ask it in Mariana too. Like, and it I'm didn't like, get here. It you, walked. <laughs> you live in a place that already had alligators before they built houses. That's I, how it got here. Where my neighborhood is, I used to buy hay. We used to pick up hay out of that pasture right there, and yeah. it was surrounded by rice fields. This was rice yeah. fields over my, here. My yeah. house used to be rice on fields. rice fields. Yeah. Yeah. So the person posted the ring video, and they said, so much to tell these kids not to do that. There could be snakes in there. We already have an alligator in the pond. I'm like, well, those two aren't really related. I mean, technically, they are genetically related. So that's different. And, I, and then I, my comment was, wait a minute. There's snakes in there. Can you promise that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, there were not. I looked in mine when I got home yesterday. There were no yep. snakes in there. I was very let down. Shit, um, there's nature in your nature. <laughs> I, we had someone last year, our clubhouse slash playground slash pool is right by two of the big ponds at the front. And uh, one lady posted a picture of a diamondback water snake that was just basking in the sun in the evening. And she's like, who can we call to get rid of all these snakes? <laughs> and I'm like, that snake belongs here more than you do. Literally so, no one. That snake's thinking, right. who can we call to get rid of these fucking humans? <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> can someone call that person real quick? Well, well, I don't understand that to get rid of the snakes, you have to get rid of the water supply. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it is a watcher if, snake. That's it. <laughs> if you would go ahead and just concrete everything yeah. yep. and drain it dry, that'd get You'd rid of it. You still have snakes. <laughs> you still have rat snakes. They'd still show up. I mean. I had somebody ask me once if I was going to relocate the snakes from the lakes in our neighborhood. And I was mm-hmm. like, I will relocate them from your yard to, to the lake. To the lake. Mm-hmm. And she's like, but what about the children? Like, what about the children? The children are our future. What the fuck? They're safer the from their than they are than cats. <laughs> so, Gina, let me ask. Has anybody tried to surrender something to you that is wild caught? Like, they, they caught it and they thought, oh, no, this needs to be rescued. Probably a ton of red ear sliders. And it just needs to oh, go back to where it was. Red ear sliders. I, I, I end up with so many of them. I get a lot of red ear sliders. <laughs> I get uh, Texas tortoises. Oh, really? Uh, yep. That I... I'm permitted through the state, so anything I get in, I've got 48 hours to notify them if I get anything that's um, endangered or threatened. So, and then they know I have one here that has shell rot, and I had eight of them last year <laughs> at Texas Texas until I was able to place them all. I want to know where healthy. these people are finding them because I have never seen a Texas they're, tortoise. They're in the right wild. next to the mud snake. I can't find. Yes, yeah. son of a yeah. bitch. Probably the same people place that are, racer are went. Out- traveling and they see it in the road and they think oh i'm gonna take this because they think it's a pet mm-hmm. and it's a texas tortoise and once it's in people's hands it's not allowed to be released back into the wild the texas tortoises aren't oh, that's crazy really so they have to wow somebody who has the permit for him mm-hmm. sucks so and that's hard to find 
Yeah, because I mean, I, I remember. Well, I remember we talked previously. I think last year you had one that you were trying to find placement for. And I think, didn't you say that just the paperwork process for them specifically is absolute hell? It is for people to get the paperwork, to get it set up, to be able to keep them. But usually it's like there's a, a breeding program it with it's uh, with Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. They've taken a bunch of mine. Um, a turtle education group through another university has taken a bunch of them. But the, I have to make sure that when, I, when they go, I collect their state paperwork numbers. And then it's like anything that I release back into the wild. I have to turn in the paperwork on it, and I have to turn in the GPS location of where I released it as well. All right, so I found my new goal. That's okay. my state paperwork. When anything I, that's released, I have to do that as well. When I finally get a house here, not only do I need to get a house big enough so I can bring my tortoises from Louisiana over here, I want to get the paperwork done so that I can be a place where people are like, oh, we can't release these Texas tortoises, and I just want a giant pin of Texas tortoises in my backyard. I would, I mean, if they'll only let you have, I believe, five. So after that, you're not allowed to take any more. Can in. we pretend one is a Mexican tortoise and one's a Louisiana tortoise? Well, there's a list. There's actually a list um, on Texas Parks and Wildlife. There, there's two separate lists. One is if you have 25 or more of the species in this document, you have to have certain permits. The other one is if you have six or more of these other species, you have to have a separate permit and the six or more, those are like the threatened and endangered species in the state. Yep. So like indigos, your Texas tortoises, you can't things like that. Unless you are in education, um, like the universities, Mm -hmm. you cannot get a permit for more than five Texas tortoises. What a shame. Yeah. What a whole army of them. Because I've been dealing with this and I know somebody who has a ton of land and I used to pass my Texas tortoises on to her. And then she's like, they will not let me have more than five. They will not change my permits to have more than five. The universities can, but individuals. Yeah. Hmm. Crazy. So, and then they also come and inspect you and stuff like that. So make sure everything's right. Um. Oh, another thing we didn't talk about. You posted this, and this we bring it up all the time when we talk about in the ID groups. Coral snakes. You posted a video of a coral snake. Yes. And there's always, you know, you always get the post on post. You know, red on yellow kill a fellow, red on black. Friend. And then there's the corals like you just posted where it's mostly red. Yes. Yeah. yeah like and that it, was spotted in spring. I just, the video just popped up on my timeline again in a, in a coral snake group. And of course, somebody's there. How do you know it's a coral snake and not a king snake? There's so, what's crazy is the number of aberrant coral snakes out there. Like mm-hmm. that, you know. To find like an albino corn snake or, or any of these other morphs and all, it's, it's not that common. But there are a ton of aberrant coral snakes. I don't know what it is about them genetically, but you see it in all these groups just all the time. It's not it's not like, oh, man, one time a year. You'll see this and you'll see – you talked about this, the melanistic ones around here. and uh, it's, it's, a, it's a crazy thing. There were a lot of melanistic ones posted last year, more than, well, more than I've seen in a while. We have a pretty good population of them here in Rosario County. Not that I would know. So I can't I find them, but see them. <laughs> uh, Robert did post an awesome video, and I vote everybody should go over to the discussion group and look at it. It's a mud snake eating an amphiuma. Yeah, it's an eastern mud. That's that amphiuma looks <laughs> huge. It's a big amphiuma. Yeah, he's t- trying, man. I mean, he's he gets oh, it. He gets it. 
He's they, determined. Uh, if, if no one's ever seen an Amphiuma, it's it's a scary-ass salamander. It looks like an eel. Uh, it's got little tiny legs in the front. But it's got fucking teeth. Like, they're not... Oh, they'll bite you. And it's almost it's like a perfect circle bite. And they take a chunk out when they bite you. So it's yeah. like, a, like a leech bite? No, no. Well, yeah, but yeah, but it's... No, like, this oh, is going to hurt. There's yeah. something... Oh, what is... You're thinking of a lamprey. Yes. But that's an open mouth. That's different. That's what I was Lampreys. Thinking. It's not a rodent of unusual size. <laughs> <laughs> Lampreys belong to a group of fish called uh, Agnatha, uh, jawless fish. And so okay. lampreys, their mouth is always I, I, open. I'm guessing you guys saw that Carrie Elie's got bitten by... We talked about it last week. Did you? Yes. I was yeah. thrilled that he that made... That he got bit? That's fucked up. No, I was thrilled that, that he made that. a Princess Bride reference. Yes, he did. Yeah. Because uh, it's just the greatest movie. But yes, there's much snake eating this, this lamprey. A lamprey, fuck. Eating this amphiuma is pretty cool. And then... There was one that got posted today, or no, yesterday by Will McCready, which was these dolphins fucking up this uh, anaconda. Yeah, a uh, yellow anaconda. Yeah, it's the those Amazonian, like the pink dolphins. And they, it's like two dolphins, both are like, it's like Lady and the Tramping, this uh, yellow anaconda in this mm-hmm. picture. And they're just tearing it apart. We got to meet Will a couple weeks ago. We did. We met him over at the Beaumont show. Yeah, he recognized Katie's voice. She was very excited she about that. She was way mm-hmm. too excited about that. Uh, I posted a picture today, someone of triplets. It was snake triplets hatching out of an egg. Saw that. You had three so little cute. three little python heads popping out of an egg. I've seen I've seen twins, but I have not seen triplets before. Did you see the golden crown snake that I posted? Yes. I did where it, it looks oh fake. Oh god. I thought it was fake. Apparently it's real. Yes. It I does look like a bronze snake. So it looks like sad. a uh, I had an that interesting I can't phone call one. from someone today. I'm not going to say who. Okay. Um, they want to start breeding buttermilk racers. That'd be cool. And we discussed some custom, custom uh, enclosures really? and such because they're a bask. They bask. Yes. So they need you know a basking light, but yeah, they also move a lot. Yeah, it's so, going to be big. It's not going to have windows in it. I love buttermilk. And, and like I said, one of my biggest regrets was Katie talking me out of keeping one. I caught a super calm, beautiful one uh, just sitting in my driveway once. I pulled up to my house, and there was a buttermilk racer just like right in the grass next to my driveway. I got out of my car, reached down, picked it up, and it was great. Here's somebody that says, my husband found this snake at his job in northern Washington. Guess what it is? What is it? Fucking rubber boa. Fuck this person. <laughs> that person can go to hell. That person's not even looking for snakes. Nope. They're not looking for snakes. Found a rubber and boa. And they just find a rubber boa. Oh, my neighbors just cat. I'm still mad about the racer in yeah. my neighbor's yard. Like literally like your next door neighbor? Uh, she was in another another section. Oh, okay. Um, I think she, I think her house is um, up near one of the wooded areas. Um, and I'm so irritated that I didn't like make my husband let me have a house on the water or up against the woods <laughs> he's like you only want one of those lots so that we'll get snakes in our yard and I'm like what is your point yeah, one of my friends I just to yes. the problem one of my friends just sent me a house for sale down near brazoria it's on six acres the house is about 2500 square foot three bedroom two bath metal frame construction it's got a one acre pond the house sits at the pond and the back porch goes over the pond Oh, they only want four hundred ninety-five thousand for it. Where is it at? So in Brazoria. That's Bra- why. I was going to say nobody wants to live in Brazoria. Right. <laughs> but, oh, I'd, I'd move out there in a heartbeat. The, the problem is like it's really easy to flood when the water is at your back door. So they said didn't flood during Harvey. Really? So oh, okay. 
that's yeah. that's that's the that's, that's literally crazy. the water line. That's that's yeah. the mark. That's what we're going that's by. That's the high water mark. That's really surprising. so, guys. We're almost two hours in. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, shit, there was something else I was gonna say. I don't know what it was, but that's it's cool. Oh, Darren said I'd mentioned mud snakes. Then I'd never seen one. I've never seen one alive, Darren, in the wild. I've seen a captive one in the uh in the captivity, obviously in captivity, and I've seen dead ones. I've seen lots of people finding them lately. The person Not we me. the person we went herping with on Sunday. That one was found big. one yesterday. I saw the picture. That was huge. And today he found a western milk snake. Yeah. You fucking kidding? Under me, a piece huh? of wood with a copperhead. I hate people. I know. <laughs> I know. There were twenty of us that went herping the other day, and we found like five <laughs> snakes, and we were only able to put hands on two of them. And all of them were little, like for the most part. We didn't even find a fucking rat snake at that park. I was like, yeah, at least find nothing. a rat snake. No, nothing. Uh, and someone's going to go out in their garden tomorrow and find something amazing and post a picture. What is this thing? Well, did you see the one, the, the Oklahoma group? Someone found a dead ball python. Mm-hmm. Like a mummified ball python. Like, what's I found? We moved something out of the way and we found this. And they're like, I, someone's like, I think it's copperhead. Nope. That's a ball python. So Go freaking figure. Anyways. Uh, Gina, I'd say if people wanted to contact you, how would they? But I'm not sure if you want people to contact you. <laughs> Well, I'm always happy to talk to people or talk people through things. And if they need some some help on how to take care of an animal or if they're having issues, I'm more than happy to, you know, talk them through it. Or I can hook them up with somebody if they have an animal that they need to find a home for. If I can't take it, I can try to hook them up with somebody who can help them. Oh, that actually We're reminds me. We're in this me. big net, net, network, all of us. Do you have any... Um adoption events coming up in Houston that you're going to be doing? I'm working with um, one of the, the PetSmart on, oh, what is it? In, I think it's in. Is it the, the same one that your last one? Is it that location? No, it's the one that's off of maybe Huffmeister or something. Okay. I was there before. But I don't know yet, and if, I'm going to be doing the reptile reptilian nation. Yeah. Um, okay. And and I yeah I I talked to um, Sean and said you know I'm desperate for trying to adopt some of these animals out. You know I post them on the Facebook page, but pretty much everybody on the Facebook page has already gotten stuff from me or <laughs> has given me things. So I kind of feel like I flooded that market a little. Yeah. And so with 19 leopard geckos and 10 of the males all separated and, you know, it's like, hi, yay, yay. So. And then you'll be at Conroe, of course. I'll be at Conroe. And then, of course, I do Repticon as well because they give me free tables. So. And the Conroe, you'll be same spot. It's the back corner, right? I, I, I'm wherever Sean puts me. I'm. <laughs> Wherever he puts me, I'm happy with. She's been in the lobby the last couple of times. To the lobby? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's yeah, right. You were in the lobby. I forgot he did move you to the lobby. Yes. So. so I know he opened up and he did that back room, which is the first time he did that. And we were in front of that back room last time. So wherever he puts me, that's fine. I'm I'm excited that I'm there. I get to see everybody. And I get the opportunity mm. to adopt out animals. And, and people can get uh, less expensive supplies from me. Yes. So... If, if you're looking for a good, just a good pet, if you're not wanting to breed, not want to do that, and you just want a pet, this is a better route to go first mm-hmm. before you go to a table and buy from a breeder. And I, there's nothing wrong with breeders. I breed stuff. But if someone's wanting a family pet, a classroom pet, this is definitely a far better route to go, and it gives an animal a home. And it helps Gene out because 
she only has 750 bearded dragons hanging out at her house. Yep. She basically. Yeah, I think it's. I think I'm down to 14, but I think I have three more coming in. So that is too many bearded dragons. I don't think I have ever been to your house where you had less than 10 bearded dragons at any one time. Well, it's been. I didn't used to. I used to be able to adopt out. But the problem is I only have like three healthy bearded dragons. Yeah. Everybody mm-hmm. else has health issues and I'm working on fattening. Some of them just need fattening up. You know, I have one that can't use his back legs. I have another one that has seizures. I have one that's really, really old and I syringe feed him. Um, and he's still excited to eat when I stick a pinky mouse, frozen defrosted pinky mouse in his mouth. He eats it. And as long as he's eating, he's going to stay alive with me. He's kind of on hospice. You know, they all have something wrong with them. Is MBD a very common thing you get? Is it probably the most common? I have a leopard gecko whose entire front legs are like this. Yeah, so do I. Kinks in the the spines, swollen faces. It's just messed up shells. I've had this little guy for about three years. Mm -hmm. Um, I I was buying some snakes from a guy, and he's like, can you take this leopard gecko? He's literally walking on his elbows. Oh, my God. Dude, he, I named him Rocky because he's a fighter. That little dude is, he eats, he moves around. You know, I, I've gotten him a lot better. Yeah. But he'll never, he's lost all of, but all four feet are gone. Poor guy. From shed getting stuck around him. So he yeah. walks on the nose, but, you know, he doesn't seem like he's in any pain or, you know, he stays in his hide most of the time. But, man, you drop some some mealworms or crickets or whatever in there and he's it's amazing how fast they can move like even mm-hmm. even technically you know disabled it's amazing yeah. how fast they can move when they're well i've always said this the problem with reptiles is reptiles are a very hardy group of animals mm-hmm. they can deal with a lot of bad stuff before they really can't handle it anymore and unfortunately that leads to them uh getting a lot of issues that yep. like not having feet and still being able to function you know, a lot of times you don't, I mean, yeah, one of those where you don't necessarily realize there's something wrong with them until it's like, it's like they're fine until they're not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's chameleons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially uh, chameleons. Yeah. By the time you realize there's something wrong with a chameleon, it's like on death's door. Every time you see somebody posting about a chameleon, like he was fine yesterday. He really wasn't. You just didn't know what to look for. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's one reason why I don't have chameleons because they're just so damn fragile. Couldn't pay me enough. I've, I've, the only ones I've, I've had, the last two I had were adults. Someone gave me. Someone gave me a full-grown panther and someone gave me a full-grown Sean, Sean and them there in Hawaii. And they yeah, went, the wild ones. Caught some Jacksons. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, Robert, if people want to get a hold of you. LSReptileRacks.com. That's uh-huh. fun to do. I did it that time. Uh, but, so you couldn't. But get your order in, get your rack, get your cage. Uh, I'm redoing my reptile room this summer, and I will be getting some more four-foot cages for my reptile room. Uh, we have di- our lead times way down right now. Yeah, so go ahead and get you. It's- I don't want to say we're caught up because I don't think you'll ever – You, if you're busy you're and you're legit you know, doing volume, you're never uh, caught up. But, man, I'm a lot better than I was a month ago. And the, and the shows have been pretty good for you, and then the weeks in between the shows have been pretty good for you. So uh, go ahead and get your racks ordered. He'll get them to you. Um uh, Megan, if you want to get a hold of you, if anybody around here needs to get a snake removed in Brazoria County. Uh, on Facebook, either Northern Brazoria County Snake ID and Removal or Lone Star Snakes and uh, Lone Star Snakes on Instagram and TikTok. I am attempting TikTok videos. You That's get a lot so. of engagement on TikTok. Lone Star That snakes. should be interesting. Cool. Yeah. 
Uh, don't forget, again, our giveaway from Crafty Gargoyles. We're giving away the Chameleon Mandala. Got all of May to get your picture in there of your membership to U.S. ARC. Uh, if you don't have a membership to U.S. ARC and you're listening to this podcast, what's wrong with you? Go get a membership to U.S. ARC. You, they're cheap, and they need the help. You should have one. If you like reptiles at all, there is no reason you should not have a membership. If you have $5 a month, you can donate mm-hmm. to U.S. ARC. Yeah, just one less coffee a month, you'll be fine. And this Mandala, I'm telling you that you got to see it in person. The, the pictures don't do it justice. So it's get in awesome. there for that. I honestly, I might just steal it. No, so. I've I extended it an extra month just so I could have it on my wall an extra Fine. month. You don't know where I live, so I can find you. Yeah, we actually do because you invited us. Oh, that's true. House. Oh nope. shit, I forgot about that. Fine. <laughs> and the address is on there. Uh, if you want to get <laughs> you want to get a hold of us, we are the Reptile Gumbo Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and at gmail.com. If you want to shoot us an email. Uh, I never say this, but give us a review on uh, on Apple Podcasts or on any of the podcasts. Give us a review, uh, p- preferably a positive one. Spotify. But uh, give us a review. Those always help get our stuff out there and people yep. see us. So we'll be back next week. Gina, hang around one second. But uh, thanks yep. for coming on. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And good night. Bye-bye.